Rochambeau. Rock, paper, scissors. Didn't somebody go first last time? Yeah, who went first last time? I don't know. Did you go? Did you do it? I don't know. Like I always do. <laughs> Every week we argue. Do you want me to do it? I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Sip It, Rip It podcast. Uh, I'm Zach. He's Nathan. I'm Nathan. We used to give our Instagram handles, but since we rarely ever use our Instagram. Yeah, I'm still off temporarily, although I think because of summer shredding events, which I'm now ready, registered for, I currently have the the podcast Instagram uh, link to it just because it's the only one I had. Um, but I think I'm going to have to start my own personal back for summer shredding. So That's fair. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to email them and get that changed. But uh, So that'll come. But right now, well, first of all, for that page, it'll be private. Which you can follow, but no, there's going to be a lot of progress picks and shit that I'm not real comfortable with sharing yet. So it's probably going to be you know, half dozen folks to begin with. So, mm-hmm. and that's it. But for right now, still find us at Step and Ribbit. And that Nathan Skedios. Yep. I have not been posting much lately, but I did post recently because I was pretty happy with something I did in the gym recently, which is our first order of business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what well, we did in the gym this week, I will say I didn't post to Sip and Ribbit. Um, not because I, I really like posting my lifts and stuff on there because it's not my account, it's our account. But Ron and Tammy tagged me and everything, so I just thought it, I thought it'd be rude to not share my day with an experience with them. And and they need to be seen because they, you know, Ron's running a business and, and Tammy's certainly deserving of it. So this is what it is. So what did you do this weekend? Uh, well, the, the what I was referring to was my, I think it was my Thursday. Excuse me. I, uh, I did a uh, close grip incline press. I did sets of 10, and then I worked up to a 295 single, which was pretty cool because that's what I think I maxed out on at just a regular grip incline, a competition grip incline last time I did it, which was at least six or seven months ago. It was whenever I was not in uh, a strength cycle for uh, October. Or November. Sure, yeah. So it's been a while. If yeah. It's It's been a minute. And Juggernaut would have had you do something super sport specific, so I doubt they would have had you do a much incline. Mm-hmm. No, I've closed to beat. Nope. It was, it was all regular bench and like some pause bench, I think. Wide grip. Just a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, that. super sport specific. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah, so that was huge, man. That's uh, getting close to that uh, for sure. I mean, regular grip, you probably got 315. Yeah. So that's a three plates on incline is a big fucking. That's a big landmark, and you know? it's, it's decent. I think I think it'll happen if I keep working towards it. I just don't know. Do you do you find so on overhead press and incline? I find both of these to be this way. Uh, even though I'm the strongest I've ever been right now, when I go back to incline and overhead press a lot, I'll be weak as shit. Like I feel like that's one of those things. One of those movements very much. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, I, I can be just that. monstrously strong in incline if I'm inclining regularly. But the minute I quit inclining, I get kind of fucking yeah, falls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I felt that way because I I think I was working with like one eighty five, two twenty five, and it was hard to get ten reps. And I was like, this should be pretty easy, but it's not. Um, but it it came back pretty quick, so that muscle memory's there. So I, if if when you get back to that sort of pressing, it'll just come. Back. Yeah, it will. I I know it will, but it definitely takes. Several weeks. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like for I say, sure. if you don't use it, you lose it. Right? Yep. Like that's overhead press is something I pride myself on. I'm not very good at it, but I really enjoy it. And I haven't done that now. Uh, Ron had me doing it on the Smith machine mm-hmm. uh, just for maintenance on my shoulders. 
for about four weeks of prep, but now it's gone because I'm obviously super right. sport specific yeah. now. You're super. Um, so I haven't really overhead pressed on the bar probably in 10 plus weeks. Yeah. So, and I have an inclined in probably four or five. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking that out now. So, yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm three or four weeks out from a meet. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was a monstrously strong close grip. Yes, for sure. I was, I, I, I was happy about it. You should have been. Yeah, and I think also I think you probably hit that. Close, I think you hit close grip three fifteen too. Uh, if you went pre fatigued, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you were warming up for a single, yeah, if I was warming up for a single, but it was kind of just like that whole that whole week actually. I was just kind of like I was coming in. I was doing my tens, and I was like, I just kind of want to do something a little different. I think it's good for us. So I just kind of went like, I'm going to work up to some heavy singles. And there was that one one situation I told you about. I think I was doing some squats, and this guy was kind of like trying to get some big dick energy and deadlift his 315 with his uh, gloves on and uh, doing singles while I was squatting like, 330 for reps <laughs> on that <laughs> bar and I was like okay guy and he got he got real hard when he got a, a I think it was like a 405 uh single on his deadlift and they started stripping it down I was like cool and I put like 420 I can't remember how much it was four plates on the on the SSB yes, it's like so. M15 so it's 420 it's 420 yeah so I, I did that for a single and I just wrapped it and I was kind of like I could have done more but I proved my point and yeah. I, uh, I wrapped it. Yeah, you know, our, our new gym's a little chippy. It has some dudes that are a little chippy about yeah. it. Um, there is one dude over there I've told you about. He's real cool. He's real chill. He, was, he squatted 505, I think, for four or five. And I was like, that dude's strong. <laughs> the, kid that's, uh, the kid that's a strong man is enormously strong. I think we follow him now. Um, I don't remember his hand or I would run say it, but man, that kid was fucking awesome. He's super strong. Is he a, a heavy set guy? Yeah, well, he's and he's obviously a strong man build. Yeah. When I say he's heavy set. It's not like not he's like, not obese. No, he's like, he's, like he's a he's a thick kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's a he's a badass. But you can definitely get a lot of posturing from uh, the gym bros at the new yeah. place, which is good for us. To be honest with you, I like fucking flex on the motherfucker. <laughs> I do, absolutely. So. I, do, I do get a lot of looks. I remember the first time because it's been so long since I've pressed th over three hundred. First time I put three fifteen on there, three plates, and that there was just a bunch of looks where they're like, "Is this guy really gonna do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it for reps." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry about your ego now. I, I, I can't wait to be CT Fletcher strong, where I could just like pause, like you know, three or four bites on my chest and tell a story, <laughs> or I continue with our reps. I'm ready. I'm ready to be that uh, at least with three plates. I'm ready yeah. to be that level of elite. I think Tim could do a 500, but <laughs> but I think I'm probably a ways away. <laughs> I would just like to press off. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I just want to press four right now. I'm, yeah. I'm not even thinking about five. That's fair. I know the day that I press four and five will be the day I think about five. Right oh, yeah. I know we talked about, but yeah. like, it's funny too the jumps or braids make us powerlifters. Like, if I don't, it's not 425 would not be okay at four. Right. Like, I instantly, I'm thinking about this monster's yep. huge number. It's like, how well beyond my talent, <laughs> my talent and everything else. Like, but I mean, but it's that drive that gets you there. Then you think about something, you you think about ways to make it happen. You're like, I know what I got to do to get here. Yeah. So I'm going to do the work. I'm going to eat the food. I'm going to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So I went and trained with my coach, uh, Ron, 
yesterday at uh, Maverick Barbell and Prattville. Um, that went really well. Um, you know, we've always trained at commercial gyms, so I kept, you know, hear, hear people all the time, kilos are heavier, kilos are heavier, kilos are heavier, or they feel heavier. Um, but I actually felt the opposite, man. I felt like just because it was so much closer to my center of gravity and so much close to, close, it's probably because I'm a big man, I can see where a smaller person probably wouldn't feel that way about thinner plates. But I actually felt like everything was really concise and tight and felt really good and really easy, to be yeah. honest with you. So I was able to squat my top set. It was probably, if I rate RBE rated it, it was probably, being honest, it was probably a seven. The way it felt, I probably would have rated it an eight, but watching back was extremely fast. Yeah, it was super fast. Um, so I'm happy. I think I'm set up to do my goals. I didn't really have anything else outside of that. I had some uh, ball squats above 400 pounds, which was kind of a PR for me. I've paused singles at 400 plus a lot, but I've never paused for reps over 400 pounds. So, um, so that was a good thing. Um, and then it was basic accessory work at GHR, uh, Bulgaria split squats, ab wheel. Um, uh, trying to think about what else I had. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was, I think that was my three pretty, yeah, pretty easy. easy. Pretty easy training day. Of course, it's starting to look more because of the weight and the bar so much mm-hmm. here. The rest of my training is starting to look. A little easy. Yeah. Airs on the side of the easy. So, right. Um, you know, I try to give it max effort, but you know, right. it's, it's still just not a lot of volume. I had five exercises totally yesterday. Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's days, there's been deadlift days I had two or three exercises total. So, it's like do some deadlifts and, and some RDLs and then go home. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> feel absolutely. So, um, yeah, I like it. It's a really good spot. I think I'm, uh, I'm feeling a lot more confident about March now that I've been under kilos and now that I've, kind of had some validation from from ron yeah it's different when you when you communicate mainly via telephone mm-hmm. um or dms it's a little bit different to have your coach right there yeah um and obviously you know you have a tremendous feeling of i can't be a bitch in front of my school <laughs> or my coach yeah. you know yeah like so i mean that's not gonna be you know that's not you know that definitely is a factor but just to be completely honest i mean it was it was really good. I also conquered a small fear, which was I uh, squatted that on a, a rogue squat bar, which happened to be the bar that uh, I tore my groin on in uh, February of 2020. And that's only a big deal because on that on that rogue bar versus a Texas power bar, Texas power bar, you have a center knurl. It looks like a traditional barbell. The, the knurling is wider on it, but for the most part, it looks like a traditional barbell. A rogue squat bar is knurling all the way through. Mm-hmm. There is no center knurl there's no break in it it's just three rings to find your grip and a center ring to find you know you're following your back yeah. so i've always had a hard time lining up on that and i think i contributed to my injury i feel like i uh, lined up a little too far to the left mm. when i pulled that uh when i pulled that groin um so being able to go squat a pr an easy pr on a bar that i knowing and i know i hate <laughs> uh felt pretty fucking good yeah though we did skip over one thing what are we drinking? Okay, so uh, I'm not supposed to be drinking your prep. I'm sorry, Ron, uh, but I did ditch liquor for a little bit of beer. We have a Trim Tab Brewing uh, Beach Place. <laughs> uh, we already drank the Peach Sour Ale, which was a little bit better than this. Um, but it is a local beer. It's Trim Tab Brewing. They make good shit. This is a sour ale with guava and plum. Um, I don't know what the ABV is on it. Let me look. Might not say right off the bat. But anyway, it's a uh, seven point two percent alcohol, so it's a little light for us. 
it's a little lot for us being liquor drinkers, but you know, I also didn't want to just sit here and get fucking soused. <laughs> uh, there is a possibility we'll make a mixed drink later. Um, but this was good. The peach one was much better. I don't remember the name of the peach one, but uh, this is a solid local beer. I mean, it's super drinkable and trim tab. I think they do a pretty good job of making Gravy Birmingham pretty proud. I think everybody that drinks trim tab beer is probably pretty proud of the city of Birmingham when they drink it. You know, they'd be a great sponsor for us. Hey, good trim tab. <laughs> hey, we'll we drink uh, your beer on our podcast. We will, we will uh, tag you. Tag you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they, and they do a lot of different stuff. So even if you don't necessarily like it, it's just fun to, they have so many flavor profiles. They do so many different things. It's just fun to, to try them. To yeah. the it's not bad, but it does taste like a warhead. This one does. Oh, this one's sour. It's the peach one wasn't sour. so sour. No, it was It was easy to get down. But uh, this one's pretty fucking sour. Can't lie. Um, but I am, uh, people can make fun of me if they want to. I'm on the side of, I do like IPAs, double IPAs, but I'm on the side of a little more sour or sweet style beer versus a bitter beer. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a, a very big stout drinker because I like something that's pretty heavily carbonated. And stouts tend to be a little flatter tasting. Uh, especially if you get up and like Imperials and stuff like that. Right. So a little bit more my speed. Definitely a good beer. And I'm not a beer drinker. So me me uh, setting a beer is not bad. Probably means it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, pretty solid. Uh, PR songs? We got PR songs. I'm going to have to pull out my phone. Yeah, I'm pulling out my phone too. I'm, I'm going old just because honestly with the topic we have tonight um, and then just business in general, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to think about new music. Mm-hmm. So I definitely apologize to our listeners about this not being new shit necessarily. Uh, so I'm just going to pull up. Could be new to them. Yeah, it could be new to you. That's, that's true. Because we do listen to some off-the-wall shit. Um, I, will, I will start, and I haven't pulled it up, but a song I listened to a lot um, when I was uh, first starting powerlifting um, was a song that kind of resonated with my feelings at the time. Uh, and it's called Fuck Love by All That Remains. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it goes pretty hard. Uh, All That Remains kind of hit or miss sometimes. but They softened up over the years. They have definitely softened up. And that, but that is one of their newer songs. And on that album, it's like the only song that goes hard. <laughs> but it goes hard. And I dig it. Yeah, so what else you got? Uh, fuck Love. Fuck Love. All That Remains. Um... We'll go with Drown in Blood by Carnifex. Hell yeah. I dig that song a lot. Um, all of the new Carnifex stuff is really good. That's one of their older uh, songs, which if you're big into deathcore, that's like... Uh, what's, I think that I think the album's called Black Candles Burning. That, or that's a song off it. I can't remember. Anyway, whatever the album is with the the... the Blood riding in the skull. That's that's the one. Yeah, that's cool. The, the most basic generic death metal <laughs> deathcore cover ever. But that's the album. It's, it's I can I can dig it. Cool. What else you got? Just the two. Uh, I can get one more in there. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll go with because I always put something a little bit. I always I usually put like a mostly mostly heavy metal, and then there's always one that's a little different. You know, it's either orchestral or video game music. So I'm going to go with, uh, which it's, it's both. It's Rip right. and Tear by Mick Gordon. And it's like the, the Doom soundtrack. Sure. Yeah. Or the, the 2018 Doom. That song goes pretty hard. It's the song that you, you used to hear 
all the time on all the gym TikToks ever. Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the the new one that they always use is um, the only thing they fear is you, which is also great and should be on the playlist, but is not on Spotify, so we can't put it on the playlist. Oh, and that's why that's why we're gonna go with Rip and Tear. Fair, awesome. Um, so I'm gonna go with a band that I listen to all the time in the gym. Oh shit, hang on. Well, I got Mark Bell going. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Mark Bell decided to join our podcast. Listen to that Powercast. It's amazing. It is. Um, um, the band that I listen to constantly that hasn't made my playlist yet, or at least I don't remember that it does, uh, that has is uh, Lamb of God. Yeah. And on the new record, the very last song on the rep- record is called September Song. And it is loosely political, which I know we don't really like political music mm-hmm. very much. I don't like their commentary. But, um, I think Randy's just perspective on things a little better than most people's. You know, he, he's not really far in any direction. So yeah. he typically doesn't have an extreme point of view, if that makes sense. Uh, but September saw fucking awesome. It fucking rips. It uh, resonates with the world right now. It's fucking, it's fucking awesome. It's uh, it's definitely a PR song. Mm. Uh, it is a slow burn, so you have to get through a little bit of a slower intro and stuff. But man, that song's goddamn. When it, when it gets going. Yeah, that, the chorus in that song is just fucking kick your teeth in yeah. it's fucking epic <laughs> um i'm a big lamb of god fan especially in my in my old age um i didn't really like them when i was a kid and really picked i really picked up on them uh you know probably five or six years ago and really really started listening to them a lot i used to have a friend in college i've mentioned before jake woods super lamb of god fan and i almost got tired of hearing about him <laughs> i don't mean why so like uh, for a long time I was a fa- I wasn't a fan just because I was just being stubborn, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just like you know. Then you know, then you heard Sacrament, right? But I mean, <laughs> no Sacrament. I mean, why for you? That was the first Sacrament's Redneck and Walk Me in Hell yeah. and everything. Yeah, so yeah, Walk Me in Hell is a fucking awesome song. Uh, that stays mm-hmm. on my playlist. Um, anybody that says the fit for an autopsy cover while it's good, anybody that says that it's better than Lamb of God's should be uh, taken out back and just shot. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just like a kill shot to the head. I'm talking about like repeatedly a, a clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like and I like fit for an autopsy mm-hmm. fair, but yeah, Lamb and it is a good kid. cover. It's a good cover. There's nothing like, bad about I, it. I, I enjoy the cover. It's down tune. It's a little deeper. A little bit. I can't say that it's heavier because the attitude is not the same. It's not. Yeah, heavy is an attitude. It is yeah. not. A, it is not a tuning. Yeah. Yeah, and that and walking me the original walking me nails just. There is a lot of attitude in that song. Fucking epic. Yeah. You can you can tell Randy is super into it. Yeah, listen. That's another. One. I'll, I'll just stay on the Lamb of God train um, because I I do listen to him so much. Uh, one that resonates with me and my mental health a whole lot is uh, the Undertow. Which is on Desolation? Is that the name of the record? If I doubt that, I think there's a song. Um, I think it's Desolation. I don't know. Uh, Desolation is the name of the song. Yeah. One. Um, let's see. Show album. Resolution is the name of the record. Which is, to be fair, that's pretty. That's a pretty close. Meanings are entirely different, but it's definitely a, a yeah. Resolution is the name of the record. Um, but uh, Undertow is fucking awesome song. Um, so two Lamb of God songs right out the gate for me. And then, um, I'm going to go with one that's definitely a little bit different because it's a little bit lighter, but, um, there's a song called Tapping Out by Issues. Uh, if you don't know who Issues, well, Issues is, uh, is different because it's, it's definitely really heavy music, but it's like R&B style vocals over the top of it. That's odd. It's a lot of clean singing, uh, but that song just 
absolutely fucking ripped. <laughs> and they are incredibly heavy. Um, again, heavy being an attitude, just all their R&B influence, everything they do, the leaks they play is like straight out of like, honestly, like black gospel music. And it, but it's, but it, it's all huge down-tuned guitars, you know, like seven, eight strings and stuff. But it's like, man, they're such talented people. But, uh, but that song fucking rips. You should absolutely listen to it. So Undertow by Lamb of God, um, September Song by Lamb of God, and uh, Tapping Out by Issues. Three you need to listen to. Sounds good. Yeah, issues ain't gonna be your thing. I already. Know. <laughs> Anytime I send you something with a lot of clean singing, you're like, "But it sounds like this or a boy band or <laughs> not." I can enjoy clean singing. It just depends on. I don't know. It depends on the vibe, I guess. I've seen that guys to you, but there's a band called I Have Abomination that's a hundred percent clean singing. He also has. It's not really an R&B style vo- voice, but he does a very clean, very. uh Boing bandish mm. approach to vocals, and uh, but that band's god awful heavy. I think I put the, I think I put them on the playlist. I, mean, I think you have it. I think Lamb the Slaughter's on the playlist. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I, I like that stuff. Like I said, Eddie's an attitude. Yeah, they got to be. I mean, you think about like old Anthrax stuff. It's, or old Iron Maiden is a hundred percent clean singing. Some of that shit's fucking heavy, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Even Metallica. Yeah. They were a little shouty, but like... They, yeah, it was a little shouty, but it really wasn't like... It wasn't like the Cookie Monster vocals that we're used to yeah. today, you know, by yeah. means. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's pretty broken up. I wouldn't necessarily say it's clean, but it's definitely more singing than it is clean, yeah. for sure. So, I mean, Dave Mustaine, I know you're not a big Megadeth fan, but they're fucking Megadeth songs that are fucking heavy. No, they... I mean, I, I, I said, whenever anyone mentions Megadeth, I always say they're extremely talented musicians. And if I could listen to them with any other vocalist, I'd probably enjoy them. But I just don't like Dave Mustaine's voice. Oh, that's fair. I mean, it's just one of those. My things. wife's the same way. Yes, listening to Dave Mustaine. Yeah, don't know what it is. I think it's, I think it's just it sounds a little too whiny, a little too nasally. I don't know. Yeah, it's, Sandy, this is what I take. I hope nobody crucifies my wife <laughs> off that list. But I think she's compared to compared him to Axl Rose a time or two. Oof. Which I'm a GNR fan, so I don't really that doesn't bother me. But that would chap some metalheads. You know, I bad. I'm I get what what some means though. I do. I had to think about it, but as soon as I thought about it, I was like, "Oh man, that's kind of true. That's kind of true." You not like you can't really argue with her. Like, yeah, no, no. Um, like I said, I like GNR though. So, yeah, I mean, it just just is what it is. So. Right. Fuck it. Right. So uh, a little bit more of a serious topic. Of course, we have serious topics often, but yeah. um, but this one is kind of. It's been polarizing in our community, uh, but it's the USPA and their mishandling of allegations, allegations made against people in their organization. Basically. And also just different, like if some people have brought them information, facts that they have disregarded. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. is pretty egregious. And just, just to get out in front of this, most of, most of what has been said um, has it been either some type of domestic violence or sexual assault? Um, uh, there's been some odd and end things like, you know, the girl rubbing her poon sweat on the windows yeah. and stuff like that. That was, really, was, that was one of the judges, supposedly. Uh, you know, there's been, there's been some stuff like that. And then one thing I wanted to get out right in front of the gate, because, uh, right out of the gate, because he was attacked by the influencer that 
kind of revealed all this. And while I think the revelation of all this is a really good thing, I think this guy was kind of un unfairly drunk through the mud. But there was a gentleman out of the state of Texas who I believe is a state chair um, that had committed some type of fraud or forgery or, or something like that in a past life, did his time for it, came out of incarceration, got into powerlifting. So pretty much everything that he did was before his involvement with the USDA. And I think he's the only person, in my opinion, that's like absolved from it because like, what are we if we don't get second chances? Mm -hmm. Like we all do shitty things. Like that guy fucked up. He knows he fucked up. He had a lot of time to think about in it. a justice system that made him think about it. Like, I'm not so sure that somebody that gets to whip some documents should be in the same conversation as child molesters and, uh, you know, registered sex offenders and shit like that. I just don't know that I can, I'm not ready to make the jump from I forged a document to, uh, you know, a dick diddler. Hashtag. Hashtag. Dick <laughs> diddling directors. Yeah, we, we, we talked about that for a second, not to make light of things, but it is. <laughs> it's just funny. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not to make light of of the situation. No, the situation is very the situation is bad, but that is a hashtag that Dick Dedlin directors. It it kind of encompasses the whole problem that we're running into. Yeah, I, mean, I think the real problem is these people have continued to be able to work with the USBA, and these things have been swept under the rug, and none of it. According to this influencer, you know, none of nothing was done about these people until he revealed uh, these people's transgressions. Um, so he he would go in, he would make videos, he would show what people had sent him and said, "Hey, I sent this to the USP uh, like months ago or how they came about." And, yeah, you know, they were like, "Well, we sent it off to HR," and then they would never hear anything about it. These people would continue. Uh, to go to meets, um, whether they were judging or directing, um, more of these issues popped up because it was before more and more, you know, I, I do want to, and this is just something I read and I don't know anything more than the face value of it, which is somebody posting it on the internet. Um, but there was this one person who, and I, I was just kind of trying to read up on some of the stuff. Apparently there's this one judge um, who was extremely lazy, was always on her phone, um, just making bad calls. Like she was given a down signal before a competitor ever even locked out the deadlift, like, which is, you know, just not paying attention, not caring for the yeah. sport, which if you're, if you're a judge, you shouldn't be caring about the sport enough to put down your phone and watch your person. There's no reason why you're, if it's your turn on the platform, there's no reason why you should have a cell phone on you. Yeah, well, no, this was a judge. Yeah, well, I, well, I know that's what I'm talking about. But oh, no, oh, he's in for them. You know what I mean? Well, they take turns. You know, they, right. they generally work at shifts. Like, right. They do a flight at a time. If it's your flight to judge, there's no reason for your cell phone to even be on the yeah. platform. I guess. There's not. I mean, but uh, anyway, it's an extremely distracting environment to begin with. Right. What, what the fuck could be so pressing when you got one athlete in your ear bitching about the last call and somebody else getting ready on the platform? Like, yeah. Where do you find time to be on your phone? Like, how lazy can you fucking be? Right. I'm not sure. So, anyway, that's that's just one of the transgressions about her in regards to that. There were also transgressions regarding her get involving herself in men's weigh-ins. Um, she had no business. She was not involved in the weigh-ins at all. As soon as um, 
like the Wayans were going fine. As soon as she got involved, Wayans were getting all screwed up. Uh, and she would always have something to say about weird rules that she would make up about men's underwear. Um, there's just a lot of weird stuff regarding her and men's underwear. The whole that's that was a theme throughout the post. Um, and then finally, you know, people had been sending complaints, right? So they're like, hey, this is weird. This isn't in the rule book. Why is she doing this? I send it off to HR and nothing comes of it. Well, now apparently she was, um, she was promoted to a state judge despite all these things that people were saying. And apparently it got worse from there. I, I can't, I can't really remember how it, how far it went, but I remember she got promoted to state judge. Um, and then there was a whole bunch of other issues. I wish I had the story in front of me so I could just read it off. But anyway, it, it was the same situation with different allegations. Nothing was done. This person even got promoted. Apparently there was something between her and the state director or something that may or may not have happened and they were not going to put any speculation on it, but there was speculation on it. So I didn't want to bring that one up just, just in the fact of, I don't think I don't think it's any better just because it was a woman. No, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, um, like if people don't know, we've talked about men's mental health a lot, but men that are, you know, whether or not it was legitimate sexual abuse, we we don't really know because we wasn't in the room. Mm-hmm. But it definitely sounds like it's leaning that way. Men are much less likely to report sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that that makes them uncomfortable. We already live in a world where it's not necessarily okay, or at least men don't think it's okay to come forward about these issues. So for these men to be brave enough to say, hey, these things are going on, like, and, and then for them to be completely dismissed is mm-hmm. is uh, is pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, it's just thinking about the state of the world we live in, like you were just saying, and the fact that they would ignore what people were coming forward with. It's just... Yeah, we. Uh, it's hard to put put words. Unfortunately, I think some of this stuff is a little bit glamorized, and and because of that, I feel like people at large are even more nervous than ever about coming forth and being nervous about it. Right? Like uh, they're 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 more or less likely to. In a lot of ways, they're less likely to come forward and say what actually happened because. I mean, there's not a lot of incentive to. Right? Mm-hmm. You're in the public. Everybody's in the public eye now. Like. Um, I can't wait. I can't imagine how some of these women feel. Right. Um, and I don't know exactly what, to what extent, you know, the women that have complained have been abused. Uh, if it's just comments, if it's physical, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe you can lie. Maybe you know more about the story than, than I do. But, you know, now that you mentioned, I do remember some more about what I was saying before because you said something about comments. This particular judge was also complaining about some of the male coaches and calling them perverts, even though they were respected in their community. So it's just another thing of like, just people doing awful things. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's nothing but speculation about whether or not these men were doing awful things or right. Not. Especially coming from her. Like, do we believe, do we believe someone who's already being accused of these other things? Yeah, that's a really that's a literally uh, that's a really slippery slope too. Um, uh, and who and didn't know if you're if you know if you're the victim of sexual assault, you're more likely to be 
the perpetrator of sexual assault later right. in life. So there's no guarantee that she didn't have a really, really dark past and yeah. has some fucked up things. Well, obviously, you know, we're not trying to be uh, sympathetic or empathetic toward her, but um, we don't know what she's experienced in powerlifting up to that point. Yeah. I don't know what she experienced in her own life. Um, but we also don't know what these men have experienced in their yeah. lives. Not the ones that necessarily have been accused of these things, but I'm talking about the people that were victims of her yeah. and the things that, you know, so that's, you know, it's fucked up and it's pretty slippery. Yeah. Um, also, just a hard thing to talk about just in general. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, um, that's, I mean, like, the whole situation is fucked up and, and it oh, it's only exacerbated by the fact that they did so much sweeping stuff under the rug. Whether they say they did or they didn't, now doesn't matter. We kind of know that a lot of stuff got sorted. There's a lot of emails, and and you know that that's something we'll we'll look at a little later. There's a lot of emails saying we'll send it off to this, we'll send it off to this. Nothing ever happened. You know, we, we've said that. That was the most egregious involving Chico Coin, and then the guy from Kentucky that supposedly mess with a special needs kid mm-hmm. those are two, two probably the most egregious like um i don't know about y'all but i mean when you're in a physical sport that you know obviously you do i can see anybody being accused of something mm-hmm. once when you have multiple people right you know and i mean you know it's just one of those it's like Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Like at this point, the USPA's got to say, like, okay, now this is my, our, this is our fucking problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can't be swept under the rug anymore. Like mm-hmm. it's not just one. It's you know, what I imagine to be dozens. Yeah. Or more. I don't. I don't know. You may be more familiar about you know, several. There's recurring themes. Several of the same people. Yeah. Coming up in these emails, right? So, right. um, uh. Due diligence hasn't been done. I know they said they were supposed to be doing background checks since 2020. There's no, obviously, there's no proof of that. Um, also, if you've never been, but here's the thing too: if you've never been arrested for sexual assault, and I know there's been exceptions to that in this whole yeah. situation too. Never been arrested for sexual assault. It's not gonna be on your. If they're gonna be on your background check, you could be the biggest dirtbag of all. And if you've been lucky enough to never be arrested or had a restraining order filed against you or anything like that. Nobody knows. Nobody fucking knows. A background check doesn't fucking help. So, you know, as a small business owner, and this people are going to hate me for this, I almost sympathize with the USPA a little bit because, like, these things are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is taxing on the infrastructure of a business, um, both, you know, figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you have to go through the process. And you also have to pay for the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, like, Due diligence could be done just by reading a newspaper. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like it can be as it can be as simple as just googling this guy's name when he yeah. applies for a job with you, or anything like that. I mean, like stuff like what we're talking about, like is are these are known commodities about somebody. Like you don't necessarily have to have a background check. Yeah, you uh, could you can look up registered. You can look at their fucking you know social media and see if there's women complaining about them being an asshole or beating them or anything you know anything like that like so there's I, there's so little due diligence done on uspa's part that that's pretty appalling mm-hmm. right like you know somebody comes and applies for my business and there's a rumor that you know that person is guilty of you know domestic violence 
you know, whatever it may be, man or woman. Like, I'm probably going to take those rumors seriously, at least look into it before yeah. I hire them. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, at least, at I don't really ask somebody. Yeah, at least ask somebody. Somebody. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's kind of just the, like I said, it's just your due diligence as an employer to at least ask. And, and you know, in vain, I know, you know, small business owner, uh, you said it's expensive, but this is a a fairly big organization. Yeah, it's not like, it's not a single nutrition shop in Fulman, Alabama. Yeah, it's, this is, they do multiple meats a, a month, you know, they're not, they're not hemorrhaging money. Most multiple meats a state a month. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you're talking about somebody that's, you know, throwing uh, several hundred of these things a year. Yeah. And these are not cheap, and memberships are not cheap. No, and you know what? Well, that's uh, something that nobody's nobody's talked to is all this shit's been going on. We're supposed to be protected as powerlifters by their organization, guaranteed some degree of safety. And when I immediately think safety, we're thinking about spotters and loaders. Yeah, I've been the victim of a bad spot, and we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, but it also it should also apply to. Weigh in your mental yeah. well-being, your weight, you know, weigh in stuff like that. When you're alone with people, there's a reason why men weigh in men and women weigh in women. Yeah, and I know that those lines are blurred now in modern society, right. but at the same time, like maybe I mean, really, I don't really get, I don't give a fuck who weighs me in as long as you know they're on the other side. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They, they don't have to be watching me stand on the scale. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I just. I would. I don't care who it is, as long as they're not a fucking shitty person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, and nobody's made. Nobody is comfortable with the any type of sexual assault, mm-hmm. man, woman, or child. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't really fucking matter if it's happening to men or if it's happening to women or anything like that. I just. But I have to wonder in her situation too. I mean, how many of the you know how many men would have a complaint if they even knew that they could complain? Right. And what does it look like? How many people were actually been affected by her? You know what I mean? Um, uh, that kind of shit. Sexual assault is something that deeply affects somebody's self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, their well-being the rest of their life. Um, where, man, that's, that's fucking hard. Yeah, and it's also, from a man's yeah. standpoint, it's hard because, like, when you think about it, if, if, if it is, you know, if it's a woman, right? If it's, if it's a woman sexually insulting you. It's not like, if, if you fight back, Right, and then, then, then it looks like you are attacking this woman, yeah. and you know it's your word versus theirs. Who are they going to believe? Yeah, that's a really it's a really slippery slope with us as men too, and also too like if you are uncomfortable when you go tell your homie like this girl made me really fucking comfortable. What's the the most manly comment has been like? Look it up, Buttercup. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, gay? Yeah, you know whatever you know. Uh, which isn't which isn't politically correct, but let's be honest, we're in a masculine sport of powerlifting. Like you're going to get masculine, mm-hmm. not politically correct answers on fans, right? So it's not exactly like you can go tell you run and go tell your homie some woman physically as uh, sexually assaulted with uh, you because they're going to like, did you like it? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they're going to make a fucking joke of it. Like it's never going to be taken seriously. Um, but nowadays it might be taken a little more, more seriously, but it's very. Probably very unlikely that a man's going to be taken seriously in yeah. that situation. Um, so when you have multiple men mm-hmm. stand up and say, "Hey, I think this is a fucking problem." Yeah, it's um, kind of like, "What? What? Where do we? When? When are you going to draw the line and say, all right, we've gotten enough of this. We need to figure out what's going on.' Or like the problem is that they just 
they're acting like they just don't care about the lifters. And all this time they're like, oh, we're for the power lifters, but bot powers for the power lifters, all this stuff. And they, they just, they ignore all these complaints from their members, from their lifters. They're just like, oh, well, we hear you. Okay, great. You hear us. What are you going to do about it? We'll send it to HR. Great. What's HR going to do about it? I don't know. It's out of my hands. Uh, I'm going to go direct my next meeting. Or if you're fucking over the whole fucking organization, nothing HR does is out of your goddamn hands. Right? Yeah. And I understand now they're claiming they, it was the HR fir- there's an HR firm that they hired to handle these things. That's even That gives you even more power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if it's not they are under you, you will just be like, yeah, just fuck you, buddy. Why? I'm going to take my money and hire another HR firm because you're not doing your job. Yeah, absolutely. That gives you even more power because there's no HR conflicts in your own company from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no... It, prevent, it presents even less of an ethical issue to fire the fucking HR firm yeah. because they're not your people. They're contracted out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's... Man, it's so fucking hard. And, it, you know... Um, I kind of wish that we had a female perspective on this tonight, mm-hmm. and I don't understand that it's really, really fucking hard to talk to, uh, talk about for for people in general. But uh, women, unfortunately, fall out. You know, women fall subject to some type of sexual assault almost on the daily. Right, um, is what people claim, and then I, and I can't say that I'm. I mean, I see how boys act in the fucking gym, and yeah, like I can't say that they're wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been happily married for a long, and I've been with Sandy for, well, since 2007, so this year will be our 16th year together, so, um, you know, I haven't been a part of anything like that or being single or anything like that in a long time, but, like, you see, and haven't helped the person that I found out fucks with Sandy, right? but I, you know, just couldn't imagine, like, what were some of these women that are actually experiencing actual physical assault, not mm-hmm. just fucking rude comments right but every one of them get fucking rude comments from me on the daily every day especially especially when it's they they're just tired of hearing it they just don't want to hear your your crap you know right and they just egg on and egg on and finally they went like look just shut up and leave me alone yeah oh you're just a bitch you why are you treating like you see that on the internet it's all the fuck worst oh man maybe somebody blowing up some celebrity lifters fucking instagram or some shit like yeah really first of all the lady's got a hundred thousand followers. You really think she's going to give you the, I mean, no, it's not about whether or not you're a nice guy. Right. You really think she's fucking looking for her soulmate in her comment section. If she's on her thousands of com- comments and thousands of DMs a day, probably fucking not, bud. I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, she might be looking at the guy at her gym, you know, be, yeah, I think, but, yeah, or not, but, but you know, they're, they're not looking through their messages like, Oh, this person sent me a really, you know, this girl, uh, this guy said I had a nice ass, so I'm bitching. I don't respond. <laughs> I bet it's my fucking dream guy. Yeah. Hey, nobody's fucking saying that. You know, being no. like, uh, there's someone I follow. They were constantly like post images of their DMs and like, this is the kind of stuff I get. And then the the funniest thing to me is like the people that go back and D- that DM them again and they're like, I can't believe you posted me on your story in that light. It made me look so bad. It's like, you made yourself look that way. Well, you slid in a fucking... It doesn't matter if they're a fucking celebrity or not. You slid in a fucking girl's email, DM, whatever it may fucking be, did some shitty stuff, like... You're at fault. Dude, you, you take responsibility for your actions. Stop, stop, de- stop deflecting. Yeah, I mean... 
Yeah, so women have, women have to deal with this on a daily, and that's fucking tragic. You know what I mean? Um, whether it's on the internet or at work, mm-hmm. um, uh, I almost like it. Get feel myself getting physically angrier about this as we talk because like Sandy works on a male dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that she doesn't experience that. Right, the likelihood's fucking high. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just, I just you know, and uh, completely fucking infuriating to me. Like, oh, well, um, you know, you know, Desi is in the medical field. Yeah, we had that. The fucking doctors, doctors, like the smartest, best looking. Most brilliant people on the fucking planet. Not just that. Uh, patience. Patience. Yeah. All the yeah, are, are the the fucking roses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I don't know what empowers. So what was really confusing to me was everybody feels these feelings of sexual attraction, mm-hmm. but what empowers somebody to act on it? On someone who's it, unwilling. It, it, that's obviously unwilling to. Like, is really. Uh, that's something I can't process in down. Mind. Like, um, it may need my empathy. Um, some of the things I have, cause I'm a very emotionally intelligent person. Um, and maybe that's it, that people no. are emotionally distant now. Like all this, all this spending the time on the phone, like on the internet, away from people, like with physical interaction, they're away from that so much that they can no longer differentiate. Like, desensitized to us yeah like just you know just because a, a girl takes a you know picture of herself in her fucking underwear if it's on instagram does not necessarily mean they want you to talk about it yeah they, they want you in your fucking dms yeah. did they do it for attention probably probably they probably did it to make themselves feel better first mm-hmm. unless there's some you know known super sleazy shitbag influencer right like you know they probably did it to make themselves feel better yeah like that's fine. Just scroll past it like the rest of us and be like, good for that girl. Mm-hmm. She looks great. Move on. Or even, you know, say that. Like, like, hey. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, your comment is so much. And that's the thing. People can't differentiate a nice comment and being disgusting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's the thing where you could say, you look great. People are like, the things I would do to you. Yeah. Give me fucking two hours with you. Yeah. The things I would teach you. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you see it in every look. Dude, you can scroll Instagram and find every girl you know and find a comment. Oh yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't know how women live with it. I honestly don't. The, the fucking this technological age. This fucking everybody in their phone bullshit. I don't know. The immense amount of pressure women have to feel. Dude, mm-hmm. Um. To look good, to act a certain way, to do that. At this at this point, men too. Well, like, yeah. Standards have changed immensely. Now there, there's, there's always going to be. Oh well. It doesn't matter what you look like as long as you have a bunch of money or power or whatever, yeah. right? But, you know, you look at all the fitness influencers in the world, they are all, you know, these thin or jack dudes, you know, six packs, low body fat. You know, there's this, like, this is peak, you know, this is what you should look like, you know? Uh, we were talking about... uh the superhero films recently of how they have a certain look, yeah, you know, that that is the most aesthetically pleasing. And that's like, Oh, well, this is what you need to look like. So Hollywood decided. Yeah. But yeah. That's what you need to look like. Fuck. I don't know. I, Sounds to say that I'm dis- disappointed in the USBA is a fucking understatement. No. Um, 
for people's name to be drugged through the mud when they didn't necessarily have anything to do with the sexual assault stuff and everything like that, that's probably going a little too far. Yeah. Like I said, I don't feel like somebody that got arrested for forgery or fraud or whatever the fuck he was arrested for should be lumped in the same category. Is it a victimless crime? No. But that person served his time. Um, more than likely, any victims of his crime probably not, you know, emotionally fucking wrecked. Right. They're probably not spending years of therapy to to deal with it or anything like that. Um, sexual assault victims fucking are. They, I mean, that's ruined somebody forever. Yeah. Um, that that's acts that cannot be undone to somebody. You have you have fucked them up for long. So, uh, you know that's that would be my only criticism of the influencer that revealed all this is it is not the fucking same, right? But and like you said earlier, it is good that this is coming to light that this is getting attention because it needs to get attention because it needs to be changed. So I think that's a good segue to what the USPA said that they were going to do to change, right? Versus what they've actually told what that what they've done so far. So. What did they? What is the most recent thing they said? They're gonna start doing background checks on everyone. They're gonna restructure their new committee. Yeah. Um, what haven't they said? That's the that's the you know, that's the thing you know. Uh, and I actually have, if I can find my phone, uh, I have the email from Steve Dennison because I am an active member. Uh, I'm gonna pull up USBA Power real quick, just just so I can um, see. Let's see. Uh, so first thing, uh, well, I'm just going to read off the couple of their last posts. Okay. So, sure, go ahead. So this was, um, trying to find a date. This was January 20th. Uh, just for record, it's January 29th. So that was about a little over a week ago. Uh, in 2020, when we began checking officials for any sexual assault related offenses via the national sex offender registry. We notified our community that we were conducting background checks. This was a negligent statement. We are deeply sorry for misleading our community. Going forward, we are going to be using a third party for official background checks. We see the need for better accountability and transparency within our community, and much needed changes will be made. You have my word. I am truly sorry. Steve Dennison, USBA. So... First of all, they said they were doing background checks. And basically what they said was, we, we, were, we weren't doing background checks. Right. Um, so that's, you know, and like you said, it is a cost. But are these people, like... This is not an organization that's hurting for money. If, if they were hurting for money, I would be shocked. Because of how much I have to pay... What, to are, they doing? what are they fucking doing with it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's only like we're dealing with the government agents. Yeah, just, they're just putting in... Fucking the, off tax dollars. Yeah, the block. right. So, let's let's see. This, uh, this was uh, six days ago, so that would have been January 23rd. Uh, completed our two-day U.S. Or, I'm sorry. Look, we've completed our two-day meetings with all of our meet directors and state chairs. We had a tremendous amount of great input from them. We will be incorporating many of their ideas now and in the future regarding processes and procedures. We've begun our path forward and we'll be implementing the following changes. So this is what we were talking about, the changes that they're going to make. Uh, executive community committee will be dissolved or has been dissolved and in the process of being restructured 
be renamed as board directors. Uh, Steve Dennison and Mike Tronsky, I may be saying that wrong, right. have, have stepped down from the executive committee and will not be a part of a newly restructured board of directors. A new board of directors uh, will be 13 members total. They will include eight members selected from eight various regions, chosen from army directors and state chairs, four referee members of national referee status or higher, one chairman of the board. Back, number four, background checks will be done on all new board members prior to them taking a position, which is um, interesting. Has any of the stuff actually been done by a board member? That's interesting. Because I, 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 I think it's just been local state judges, right? I mean, on an initial judge or two that maybe they've, maybe they comment on it later, but I'm yeah. sure, um, companies that conduct full background checks are being researched and we will update you next week. So we probably have something on that, uh, meet directors, Chico and Donnie have been terminated from the USBA, uh, establish a third party company consultant to handle cases of misconduct, essentially saying they're, they're going to hire the HR firm that they never had. Uh, so let's see what else we got. Uh, which is interesting because they said they already had a third in this most recent they said they already had a third party right HR company so and, but from that set, so that said said several different things yeah uh, so they're, they've been all and, and we'll get into this when we see talk about the emails in a second but they've done a lot of backpedaling and going forward and backpedaling over and over again with what they've said they're going to do what they actually do and it's like if Steve Dennison stepped down, why am I still getting emails from Steve Dennison? That's interesting because he yeah. should have been out of like. It's almost like a fucking power trip in a sense. Like, I mean, I, it didn't like, say effective immediately, but you would assume if he has stepped down, it would be effective immediately. You would assume, but I mean, but maybe he's got to fill out a contract or something. I don't know the details. That would. I mean, you know, most most uh, contracts that'd be that'd be a breach contract if you did something magical. So there'd be no reason to fill a contract. You know, like if a football coach got caught up in the same thing, yeah, be fucking done. Like that's true. No pay, no fulfillment of contract. Like fucking kick rocks, dude. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, think about a football coach at a major college. Like that's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's much more important to the sanctity of the university and what's happening and everything than just a president of a company right you know, you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's a, you know that's that's somebody that has you know hundreds of young men under his care and has to make sure those hundred you know 100 young men aren't going out and doing these things and they seem to do it fine right with some exceptions there's yeah. been some you know there's been some exceptions in recent times mm-hmm. but like i mean like really you're you know the, one person is not the organization yeah so why why is this person Sticking around. Why is he? Well, you know, is, is, I mean, does he want to be a part? It seems he seems like he's a megalomaniac, to be honest with you. It could be. Um, I don't necessarily get the feeling that he's sticking around to uh, to help. To help. I feel like he's sticking around to try to in an attempt to clear his own name. That could be it. I don't want to say that the USPA just needs to be blown up over this, but I do think it needs top down, complete like restructuring. A different person should be in every one of these major fucking roles. Um, if these things are happening at a local level, which we know that they are based on people's complaints, then background checks need to happen beyond the board of mm-hmm. directors. It needs to happen to all your judges. Lo- all your judges. Yeah, absolutely. They already, you know, it takes a lot to be a judge. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you had to volunteer four meets, I think. Have to compete in four meets before you get, you know, your judges shirt. Fucking mm-hmm. background check to be done during that fucking time. Yeah. That's fine. That's, that's gonna... basically, you know, that's basically the same thing as your 90-day probation period if you're a new hire at a company. Yeah. Like, you can do it during that time. That person's obviously not going to oversee anything if they're they're learning. You know, they're mm-hmm. not actually judging or anything like that. Right. They're just going to be there observing more yeah. likely. And... Yeah, exactly. Like, so that means there's somebody with them and way is. They're not weighing in solo because yeah. they can't do that because yeah. they're not a judge yet. They're not going to be judging solo. From any position, they're going to be sitting with a judge. You know, so this due diligence can happen. It doesn't have to happen immediately. It can happen. So it does seem fucking lazy. Yeah. Yeah, because they could, like like you said, while they're in the training process, they could be like, all right, while you're training, we're going to run your background check. When do we get it back? You know, after, if if it gets back before your four meets, you know, we'll we'll talk about it a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing too. Again, there's actually a lot of due diligence that should be done anyway. Like, there should just be a zero, a zero tolerance part uh, uh, part of it. And in terms of just hearsay, if you have more than one person come to me and say this person is guilty of physical abuse, sexual abuse, even emotional abuse of a lifter at a meet, fucking happens more than one time. I feel like it has to happen more than once mm-hmm. to establish. This isn't just hearsay. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, it's simpler, you know. Um, and I know this is dangerous and extend, but it is almost simpler than even the background checks. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it's as simple as just doing your own goddamn due diligence. The only, only issue I would see with that would be that if these people got together and they said, I don't like this judge, he called my squad high. Yeah. Hey, buddy, will you make these claims against him? Yeah, you know, like yeah, like stuttering some shade that can be, but again, like there's sexual, there's sexual, uh, sexual offenders, man, all the time. They're never caught for it until something like this comes to light. That's true. Never do any time for it. It's not going to show up on a background check. Yeah, you know what I mean, like word of mouth is important. <laughs> you know, something. No, I'm not. I'm not dissing. Well, I, at all. I understand where you're coming from, but can that happen? Yeah, absolutely, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um. But also taking maybe it should be as simple as not necessarily zero tolerance or you get more than one person come and say this we're going to open up an investigation yeah. that that and, is, and uh, yeah you know we're going to figure it out yeah because at that point it's like okay you know if you don't have his background check or her uh, make that a priority be like we, my- we need to get this done quickly you know if if it's you know maybe you just haven't sent it off because oh well they only signed up for these four me so i'll put it off a little bit or whatever and then you start hearing stuff like, okay we need to we need to exercise this we we need to make sure that this person is not and that's the problem is that they don't seem to care that these people are in their company yeah and it's just kind of like ah we heard what you said but they're already here and we don't want to train another judge or yeah. there's not another person who wants it's, it's been lackadaisical it was yeah. really lazy it's been uh, like I said, not a dude, not a, not even a lot of common sense due diligence. A lot of on the background check. I mean, there's not been any like the first stiff of this person's beating his wife or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Cops got called. Somebody should be pulled on the side and being like, "Listen, I want to know in great detail yeah. what's going on, what happened, what's going on. Like this affects us mm-hmm. because you're a part of our community, and we don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. So you know, if, unless there's a real goddamn good excuse." Um, that you could prove, mm-hmm. 
like we can't we can't do this anymore and you know something something interesting and this is kind of like a little bit of a, a swing in both ways you know i think it was mid last year the johnny depp and amber heard trial that was huge everyone knew about it did you yeah absolutely yeah so you know johnny depp because of those allegations lost so many roles in hollywood even though it didn't turn out to be true so and then in the aftermath of it amber heard lost some of her roles um which it, it's 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 kind of sad and this is this may be a little bit of a, a, a chasing a rabbit here but it's really sad that the out you know everyone is innocent until proven guilty right as state of the court of law we live in a day and age though that everybody's guilty until proven innocent yeah and then there's always going to be a collection of people that think you're guilty anyway. Right. And it's just, it's really unfortunate that it's it's just not black and white. And people like Johnny Depp lost their jobs for no reason because of allegations. Because of the abuse that he suffered. Yeah. And it's interesting that he, that instead, you know, and, and Amber Heard did lose some of her roles, but she really didn't suffer the same as Johnny Depp did. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, well, it's damn women's fault, you know. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw the sex card out there or anything like that. But it's just kind of, it kind of sucks on both sides. You yeah, know what I mean? It does yeah, because there's always going to be X amount of excuses made from one side or the other, right. um, regardless of who's right or who's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to th- think in stuff. Uh, I like to think in stuff like this that the truth is generally somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so when like the Johnny Amber Heard thing. There was probably moments that he was a shitbag. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was, and they were probably just, I don't know. I didn't follow that court case like the rest of the world did, but there were probably, there's probably significant proof that he was a shitbag some of the time. Right. Um, I know he's had problems with drug and alcohol on and off most of, most of his life. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, so there's probably, you know, except truth probably somewhere in between. Right. I do think, first of all, when I say this, the USBA, most of these complaints have been logged by women. Mm-hmm. Um, which is important to note. So I'm I'm going I'm talking specifically about the female judge. Yeah. But it, again, yeah, it kind of proves there's so it's so much harder for a man to come out and say I've been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Because like it's always going to take multiple men. If one man comes out and says it, then it's your word against hers. I'm not sure it's all. I'm not sure it's ever going to work out there. Right. But if one woman says something against one man suddenly it, it's a little different, right? Well, and I, I think we've, unfortunately, I think we've got to a point in our society that it, it's kind of like school shootings. Mm-hmm. The kid says, I'm going to kill somebody. We have so many school shootings a year, and this is not political. I'm mm-hmm. not going to give you my opinion on guns or anything like that, but you have a kid to come out and say, I'm going to kill somebody at school. Well, it has to be taken seriously because kids die yeah. monthly do the mass shootings. Like, does the kid know what he meant? There's a good chance that kid probably didn't know exactly what he was saying or the, the gravity mm-hmm. of what he was implying. Right? Um, but it has to be taken seriously. Yeah. Women are sexually assaulted at such an alarming rate that whether they're right or wrong, when they make these alleg- allegations, it has to be taken seriously because it does happen so frequently. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's incredibly sad and it's infuriating um, that women have to go through that as often as they do. This also speaks to why it's important for men to vocalize these things happening to them 
so that people start taking these things more seriously when it does happen to a man. That's a good point. Um, because uh, it does happen daily to men, too. Like, not fun to talk about. It sucks. But uh, men don't report it. Men don't do their due, their own due diligence. That seems like a buzzword of this episode. But they don't put themselves in a position to uh, let other people know, to warn other people to protect themselves, to let the powers that be know so something can be done in terms of restraining orders or legal ramifications for the woman or the other man involved. Um, there's not, you know, men are just less likely to talk about it. And the more you talk about it, the more things can be done for us too um, when it is serious. You know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that we've gotten to a point with things like sexual assault mass shootings and stuff like that, that we have to take anything anybody says so seriously. Yeah. But uh, the fact of the matter is these things do happen daily and it has to be at least looked at if somebody accuses you of something. It has to be. You know, look the fact at my childhood growing up, I mean, me and my brother would always be like arguing like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And, and Obviously, yeah. How many times I say that at a playground at school? Yeah, but this is pre Columbine, right? But, but like it's it's you know it's it's not like you know I ever ever was going to kill my brother. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. But like I, it's it's just one of those things. that's like, but now it is so serious because people are doing it. You know, and it just I kind of want to backtrack just a hair on what what you said about the um, <clears throat> men not coming out and talking about it. So there was a situation I had when I was wor at work um, years ago. I can't remember if I was in a relationship with anyone at the time, but uh, I was uh, I was at work and I was uh, I was a department manager. It was a really small thing, um, but I was I was walking by. I had, it was probably it was late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty. I was just starting to put on some weight, so I was starting to fill out my jeans. Yeah. And some older lady made a comment about my jeans and how much she likes it when I wear my jeans, which was really, and I just kind of turned around and I looked at her and I was like, if I said that to you, I'd be in the HR office right now. Yeah. And she just kind of laughed about it. And I was kind of like, it's not worth it for me to start anything because even though I was a department manager I, and I was... She wasn't in my department, but I was technically, you know, in a position of power above her. Yeah. I was just like, what's the point? Why do I even bother? Yeah. Right. And I guess that's how everyone or not everyone, but many yeah. of them will yeah. feel. Yeah. And I, it's, it's one thing for someone to say, you know, it's, I like to, I like the way you look in your jeans. It's, it's a different. She had come up and grabbed my butt. Yeah. That, if that was the case, I would be going up to management or HR and be like, Hey, this happened. This needs to be taken care of. It's a slippery slope because can you say with any degree of honesty that you lost sleep over that comment? Not really. Well, you know, well, and that doesn't, that doesn't make it right at the same time, but sometimes you do have to use your head and say, this is right. It's small. It's not, this is not life right now. She runs up and grabs your ass unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So tell the net tell, proceeds to tell you how good you look in your eyes. That's different. Yeah, it is. You know, they, you're, you're, you know, but I'm not saying, I'm not condoning those type of comments, but at the same time, like, is it worth ruining that woman's career over because right. she made you 
slightly uncomfortable. I'm not sure that it is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and I'm not calling you out or anything, but if those things are made more aware, there's let people know there's ramifications with these kind of things. It could save another man for seeing something more extreme. Right. Because there is definitely, I, I do think it, it is, it, shit rolls downhill, right? Like, I think that the more something, the more, the more you let something happen, the worse it gets. Yeah, exactly. The more, the more she feels like she can get away with, the further the more, she'll go. Yeah, the further, the further they'll go, yeah. right? Like, um, and you know, I know, I'm assuming that's plant-based work of some type no. or store-based, something like that. Um, you know, in an, in an area where you're like a production jobs, very blue collar, stuff like that. And by no means is it right. Um, but you're also not de- dealing with a, a super educated, super PC group of people. Demographic. Yeah. Like her own ignorance is probably, it's not okay. Ignorance is never okay. But, um, there's obviously some of that at mm-hmm. play. Yeah. But like I said, it's one of those things that like if that woman's made aware that that's a problem, it probably could keep things from snowballing. Yeah. You know and I mean, like it is what it is. And you know, everybody wants, everybody wants to hear that they look good. Yeah. But you know, at that time, at that, at that point, like you were talking about them, just say, Hey Nathan, you look nice today. Yep. Like nobody's, nobody's going to think that's creepy. No. Like everybody's like, Oh, thank you. I know that's fucking good for my, that's good for your fucking ego. Right? Like, yeah. That's, that doesn't hurt nobody. Right. And well, I like you them jeans. Like, yeah, that's pretty make, fucking creepy. It doesn't it make is. you take a double take and kind of be like, did you really just say that? Yeah, you know, right. and, it, and just, you know, you said, you know, I didn't lose any sleep over it, but it's interesting because I still remember it. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 not it's, not yeah it's not something that I've ever really just forgotten about, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's still there, it's still in the back of my head. I don't think it'll... I mean, maybe it will eventually, may, especially if I get dementia, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't make it okay. Right. Way. I mean, um, there is, like I say, a gray area in the sense that you go and ruin this woman's career for a comment about you. Which, in fairness, I don't wish it would rip what you know, they should, should be wrote up, talked to, something like that. Maybe not even a write-up. They may just talk to her and be like, hey, don't do that again. Yeah. You know, just leave that stuff alone that's that's yeah. not for work you know that's that's inappropriate we know the, the weird thing about this too though part of, this is probably part of the culture of being just mandum and being a man is like if you go and complain about that do your superiors even take you seriously well, as a man and fortunately from for my situation if i had um the lead at the hr person at the time was a woman so they might take it a little more seriously and my immediate boss was a woman so they might take it a little more seriously or or maybe not i mean they may be like oh well you're you're just being a big baby you know even you just never know it really just depends on the that brings up another another thing though in defensive women in this situation in a way does it happen so frequently that make to them that maybe they have heard the right to say you're just being a fucking tit at that point because i mean like yeah i mean you really do hear about it all the time like this stuff happens to women regularly Mm -hmm. um all demographics of women like um you don't really want to be the boy you cry wolf right you know what i'm saying like no, did she tell you you look good in jeans, or is it a Dick Dublin director? <laughs> 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 
Speaking, <laughs> speaking of the hashtag Dick Didlin directors, I think we should go ahead and segue into those emails that, that they sent out. And yeah, absolutely. Do you, you want to just uh, read them verbatim? Uh, um, just or just kind of give like a, yeah i will say i, I think i am going to paraphrase a little bit just because they are long yeah uh that being said if there's anything unclear i would if you're a uspa member i, I highly suggest uh reading them mm-hmm. um and then maybe something me and nathan can do for you is send you screenshot of post screenshots yeah. of these emails uh just basically you know what they've done and going back on um but i, I will say this too uh Again, because we've mainly focused on the men, uh, the male situation with this. Most of the people who have complained about this have been women. Mm-hmm. They have been serious alleg- allegations. And absolutely, these people have deserved to be removed from their positions. Just want to just clarify that. Like, you know, this is this is really this is really serious shit. Um, first email from Steve Dennison of the USBA. By the way, both these emails sent after he was supposedly resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is from Saturday, some shows from yesterday. So this was one of them that Gooby talks about. Um, and then the next email is the one basically recanting this email. This says to our valued members, I'd like to take a moment to speak with you directly about a smear campaign launched against the USPA. He's talking about Gooby's revelation of sexual assault, you know, like everything that's happened supposedly with me, directors and judges. An esteemed organization that has promoted strength, fitness, and overall health to countless Americans over the last 13 years. As you may have heard, an individual is posting videos leveling outrageous charges against the USPA, including that the association condones things like pedophilia, sexual assault, claims which are, which are, of course, false. By the way, this is basically after, this email code is basically after they have all but admitted that these people accused of this have done it. Mm-hmm. So this is basically recanting that position. The social media videos are uh, are littered with falsehoods and exaggerations. They're being published for their sensationalist nature to garner more hits, which I do believe a, a degree of that is true. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that these complaints came from real people in real sexual assault situations. Mm-hmm. Does this influencer leverage it for more likes and hits? Yeah, he's an influencer. But these are actually real situations that are they're talking about here, not to be taken lightly. Um, so whether or not you think the guy's doing rot or not uh, is beside the point because this stuff needed to be revealed regardless of who was going to do it. So it is what it is. Um, but anyway, they go, uh, they ought to say, unfortunately, it's working and more and more people are starting to believe these videos. I implore you to not believe them. We're consulting with attorneys and evaluating our legal options at this time. Please reserve judgment. The words of an internet troll should not be taken as gospel. It's another statement I believe in. I, I did. I did want to say. Um, so they did say something about uh, a lawsuit against Goob. He had gotten emails about it, cease and desist, and shit like that. Yeah, and uh, his point, and which I agree with. They have to prove that he was wrong, right? And, and really, the, the what keeps me from criticizing Goobview any more than what I already have is the fact that, yeah, is he doing this for internet clout? Partially. But everything that he's posted has been real emails that have been forwarded to him that have taken place between a member of the USBA and an important person in the USBA. 
Well, uh, like the, 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 as the governing body of the USP. With supporting evidence. With supporting facts. evidence. So, like, everything that this guy's done has had the the support. He has done his due diligence to make sure he knows what he's talking about yep. before posting. So, while, like I said, some of it's been a, a little bit of a witch hunt, specifically the guy that committed fraud and stuff. is not the same sexual assault. It's not. That guy did his time. This guy has done his due diligence, and he has all but proven everything that he's made claims about the USPA. They go on to say, as you are aware, through your membership, the USPA is one of the gold standards of the industry, and that's been true for the most part, and has demonstrated over the last 13 years that it brings the uh, the joy of healthy competition to powerlifters in our industry, in addition, promotes strength, fitness, and overall health to countless Americans. They repeat themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. The USPA has brought in a sense of community and camaraderie, uh, camaraderie among lifters, has provided a platform for athletes to compete and showcase their abilities. We are proud of the community that we've built with you. I will say this about the USPA. The USPA, while it's been a good organization to lift in, does not own the sport of powerlifting. Um, the powerlifting community is the powerlifting community without a federation. Mm-hmm. So for them to make <laughs> beat their chest and make that, that statement to me sound, makes it sound like they're responsible for all good things in powerlifting, and we know WRPF, um, uh, fucking Josh talked about that. Well, the APA, the, mm-hmm. the Multipod Federation. We talked about, you know, we've had good times in the SPF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had good times in the USAPL. Like, I it's not, really, uh, but it's, it's not, well, me as a, uh, as a coach, I have, uh, it's never been, I can tell you that it's never been the umbrella in which we lifted under, right? That made us have a good day. It's been other lifters, lifters and our mild lifters ourselves. Like, and the fun we've had that day, it's never had a, uh, while I appreciate a really well-run meet, mm-hmm. and Charlie and um, Gary both do a good job of that, it's never been the USPA that made me have fun in powerlifting. Right. Powerlifting has done that. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not been like a named organization that made me feel that way. Mm-hmm. So that's a little smug in my opinion. Uh, they go and say, now we are determined to not let this targeted attack on the USPA negatively impact the thousands of coaches, meet directors, referees, and sponsors we're committed to advancing the sport of powerlifting and pro- uh, promoting health and wellness today. I hope that you will remain just as committed with us as we look forward to uh, getting back to the business of doing what we all love, powerlifting. We appreciate your continued support and consistent uh, with our goal of complete transparency. Um, I invite you to reach out to me should you have any questions whatsoever about the baseless attempt to tear down the USBA. I also invite you to visit USPA Facts on Instagram now and in the coming days, the USPA is a strong organization united in our mission and love for the sport of powerlifting. Sincerely, the guy that was supposed to resign, Steve Dennison. Now I have an interesting question. Is USPA facts... Okay, there is still... It, it is there. The account is private. It only has 500 followers. It goes to show you that nobody's bought into it. Yeah, because it's like... I, there's there's a few people. There are two people that I follow that follow the page. One of them is Goof because he wants to see what they're posting, obviously. Yeah. Um, for for information reasons. But the other one is just uh, just another lifter. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting that uh, that that didn't go well for them. So so it didn't. You know, they sent that out yesterday. Right? Yeah, that was yesterday. I was actually with. Um... Elizabeth Ryan, who uh, has been a guest on the podcast, 
Um, and we should have her back. She, yeah, we should have her back. She's been a hopper aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. She's a bodybuilder thinking about, you know, has dabbled in the idea of turning to powerlifting. And this has soured in a little. This is definitely, for her own reasons that we won't get into, has definitely soured her opinion of uh, the powerlifting community at large. And that's really fucking sad. Yeah. Um, because I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. No. Gary and Charlie are doing that. Um, I don't think that's the, you know, Gary and Charlie judges for the, yeah, for the most part of the state of Alabama's not doing that. And like, um, so I mean, it's a bad fucking look. Yeah. Uh, it's preventing new people from entering the sport. And it's making um, old people exit because they're, they're seeing this and they're like, do I want to be associated with? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, a, there's definitely a degree of shame involved in it, right? Like I'm competing in one, but you know, I know everybody involved from the people that own the venue, um, to, the meet director to the judges, spotters, loaders, like I have at least had some run in with every person that's going to be in that meet. So I I'm, do feel a little absolved from guilt about competing in a USPA event where I know everybody. Right. Um, but I'm not that necessarily going to, I don't want to say necessarily, I don't necessarily think I'm going to beat my chest about it being a USPA meet when, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Which is really unfortunate because I was really excited when we first changed over to the USPA because the competition is really good. There's a lot of good lifters there. Charlie runs a good meet. You know, it was a really exciting thing. And then all this came out and it was like, well, yeah, it's been, it's been really important to us as a group of lifters because, you know, you're getting less. So, um, certainly, certainly Austin's fringe, you know, fringe level elite, uh, very, very, very talented. But several of my girls are fringy late. Like I have, you have several girls that are about to, you know, about to post a thousand plus pound total. Mm-hmm. Um, the move to the USBA was because competition was better. Meets were ran better. Um, there was more competition for my girls in the USPA than there was in the USAPL. Mm-hmm. There was more competition for our men in the US USPA than there was in the SPF. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had average guys going and cleaning the, you know, absolutely cleaning house at those meets because there wasn't a lot of competition. Yeah. We moved the USPA for a reason. Um, and it was largely because they had a good reputation. Yeah. So it definitely sours my perspective a little bit. Enough to sours the string. Almost a sour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it uh, definitely sours things. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Uh, but I'll tell you what makes it even more difficult is the email I, I, I got not 24 hours after that last email. And uh, basically, everything you just heard in the previous email that I read is recanted in the new Steve Dennison email from the USBA. Who was supposed to have stepped down. Who was supposed to have stepped down, by the way, is still sending emails from official accounts. Um, but he goes on to say today, like I said, not 24 hours after receiving that other email, to my members, officials, and meet directors, I have made a series of mistakes in response or lack of response to this situation and what has ultimately led to members, meet directors, and officials being upset with me. I understand, and this has saddened me greatly. I do not like to bring problems to our members, as the focus should be lifting. Buddy, they're bringing their problems to you. <laughs> For real. And that's, there's still just this little bit of smugness in this guy, even in this email. Um, that it's supposed to be more of an apology that's just, like, infuriating. Like, he has not been able to admit 
that he was. Oh, well, prophet, just, you know, that, in that first paragraph, he said he made a series of mistakes or, and whatnot. But then he goes on to say um, that has led to members, meat directors and officials being upset with me. He's not worried about the mistakes he's made. He's worried about people being mad. At him. Yeah. That's fucked up in his own right. Like, he's more worried. That he, he, he's tells, all, he, he literally tells you word for word in the very first paragraph of his new email. He's more worried about what you think of him than about the mistakes he's made. About the problems that are out there right yeah, now that he's not resolved. Um, anyway, he says, I understand this. This has saddened me great, greatly. I do not like bring, uh, to bring problems to our members as the focus should be lifting. However, I see how handling issues internally makes it appear as if things were being swept under the rug. It doesn't make it appear that way. That's what fucking happens when you're not being transparent. That's what happened is this shit got swept under the rug. Communication and public speaking are not my strong points. Mm. Okay. We don't care. Several people recommended that I hire a PR team to help me communicate with all of you. I approved the email that was sent to our emails yesterday, but that was a mistake. I'm sorry for everything that has taken place, and I'm sorry for my shortcomings. And then he's about to throw the PR team under the bus. I have since terminated the PR team. He approved that. He said he approved that. So he had to read it. He had to at least look at it. He put his name on it. He said, good. He only, he only fired the PR team because they got bad fucking responses from yeah. the PR team told him to say. Um, as I mentioned above, I'm not great at communicating, but my apology statements and video were sincere. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched either one because I don't give a fuck about this guy. He's, uh, he has completely lost my fucking attention. Um, in our... In one of our meet director meetings, many of us cried together listening to each other's stories of hardships and personal struggles and how powerlifting in the USA, uh, USPA has helped them in their journey. Um, I'm devastated about how the situation has caused a negative impact on many of the people I deeply care about. I'm passionate about the changes that need to be made and I'm fully committed to doing what's in the best interest of our members. Um, I have no doubt that we've talked about it in our own. Powerlifting has pulled me out a lot of things. Um, there's been people in the USPA, um, that have been shining lots to me and made me feel better about what I'm doing and everything else. But again, these things don't happen because of the USPA. They happen because of powerlifting. Yep. Um, he's blowing smoke up his own ass. He really is. At, at this point. I mean, I mean, and I realize there are, and we've mentioned them by name, there are good people in this organization, uh, people that I believe in that I would follow to the end of the earth. Um. Uh, but this guy really is just fucking tooting his own horn the whole yeah. fucking way, dude. Um, next paragraph says a new committee will be formed February 10th. Didn't they already form a new committee? They did. They put out, they put out, they put out a list of people. And I think Gary Brewer was like supposed to be national director. Right? Yeah. They put out a new fucking list of people. Like what happened to that fucking list? Is that just hey, like fucking... You know, up for or maybe those people decided they didn't want to be a part of the USBA. Maybe they did, and, and rightfully fucking so at yeah. this point, because um, they go from having the worst worst men we know being on the list to having the best men we know, and I guarantee you the best men don't want to be a fucking part of this. Yeah, um, not unless this guy fucking really does step down, and we know we don't have to answer to him, and things change. Um, but anyway, it will be composed of eight meet directors and one committee chair. The committee will be selected through a vote by. Meet directors of their respective regions. Nathan covered this in the last post. Um, referee and lifter advocates will be advisors to the committee. So even after all of this, 
we don't have local referees and lifters on these boards. They said advocates mm -hmm. will be advisors to the committee. So people have been very outspoken about against this. Joe Sullivan's been a fucking superhero mm -hmm. the whole fucking thing. Uh, people like that aren't even going to have a sitting place on this board that's supposed to be changing everything. Yep. Um, Which is these people that are out it. that have been outspoken against it uh, against what's happened have said that we need to change need to be a hundred percent part of this change. If they tell you to make them tell you no, if they tell you no, that's fine. But like these people that care enough about powerlifting to change things should be the first people you should be hitting up to be on your board. Yep. We don't want fucking advocates and advisors. We want people that are like us making these fucking decisions. People who are in it. Yeah. People who are in it and want to see it get better. Absolutely. And people that have lifters in it. Like, yeah. Joe Sullivan's a, not just a lifter, he's a fucking coach. Yeah. He represents a lot more than Joe Sullivan. Like, yeah. He, you know, if you go, if you go and get coached by him, he represents your best interest too. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want, except advocates and advisors. That's I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. It's bullshit. Yeah. There should be a separate committee of, yeah, of just lifters. That would make, that would make sense. Honestly, you know what I mean? But if he, here's the thing, does he want that? I mean, I don't, I don't know, he, but I'd say you make him, you make him tell you no. Yeah. And if you don't, you go find another black-minded individual that will. Yeah. Um, it's fucking stupid. Um, the committee will be handling all issues concerning the eligibility of current officials, new officials, and meet directors, along with complaints regarding misconduct and the implementation of disciplinary action. So this, again, is the forward and not a real HR department. All current and future officials will be subject to a criminal background check, and the committee is going to determine what offenses constitute ineligibility above and beyond the current exclusion of red registered sex offenders. By taking the above actions, I want to reassure our members that we are providing a safe environment. <laughs> I understand that members want transparency, so in regard to member concerns, I'd like to address the following. I assure you that we do have a human resources, resources firm, firm by department, third party is what's implied, that is exclusively for employees that work for the USBA national office. All matters concerning employees have submitted uh, have been submitted to HR, all meet directors are independent contractors. Since they are not employees, they are not under the legal jurisdiction of employment laws. Likewise, officials are volunteers, so they are they also are not subject subject to employment laws and are not handled by the USBA's HR. However, if a person happens to be both a meet director or official and an employee of the USBA, that person would fall under the jurisdiction of HR. Going forward, all issues with meet directors or officials will be handled by the committee. So again, the local guy that touches you, that complaint don't get sent by the HR, according to this. Yeah. It gets handled by the committee of the same fuckheads that have got us to the not situation. Not this boy. At least it's to be determined who the committee is going to be, but we already know it's not going to be lifters that represent us. Yeah. So, um, get fucking luck. Yes. <laughs> um, I assure you, we did not have any known officials or meet directors, uh, pedophiles in the Federation nor have we had any. In 2020, we were made aware that two individuals were pedophiles and they were terminated immediately. At that point, we started processing officials and meet directors through the National Sex Organization uh, Offender Registry. We recently established an account with Sterling Volunteers where we will be conducting full criminal background checks on all current and future officials. I'm asking for your patience as we make these changes to improve. I know many of you had to ha uh, have had your trust shaken with USPA but we are going to do better moving forward.
Um, man, I see a lot of problems with this. Again, like if you're not, if things on a local level are going to be handled by a committee and there's no HR, there's no background checks because these people are volunteers. Um, I'm not sure anything gets, gets done. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to fix things from the top down. And, uh, but that's not really where the problem is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't sound like, like to me, you know, obviously there were meat directors involved, right? right. So that's, so, you know, that's no, cause he said they're independent contractors, so they don't fall under that umbrella. Right. So what do we have to do to make them fall under that umbrella? Yeah. Again, this is to me. It's it's as simple as people local meat directors need to do their due diligence and make sure there's not fucking hearsay or known news articles about their volunteers or all that. And I know that's incredibly taxing. I know as a small business owner how hard it is um, to vet somebody, um, to to dig out truths, to you know figure out stuff like that. But uh, man, it can be done. I guess the biggest problem is that it sounds like even if somebody does something and you send in a complaint. Where does the complaint go? It, it goes to the committee. What is the committee? It's another thing, too. I mean, like, so if there's no way to govern these people on local levels, then should there be more reason to take uh, an email about um, some type of sexual assault or some type of you know, misbehaving more seriously because simply because like, Hey, we know we can't do background checks on these people. Like we need to address the sexual assault claim right now mm -hmm. because like, it can't just go be sent off into space and nothing be done about it. Like it's even more reason to take these claims seriously because like, Hey, we can't, there's no way we can vet all these people. Mm -hmm. Like if this claim is made, it just needs to be zero tolerance. Like get the fuck out. Yeah. I, I think you know, they need to, they need to, they need to just at the very least, they need to start an investigation. Like it, it doesn't have to be something like, well, we're going to run all these background checks stuff. Just start asking people if this guy, you know, gets an allegation against him. You get one, you look at it, you're like, okay, he's gotten one. Uh, let's, let's keep our eye on him, you know, or let's, you know, do something more than just. Oh, Rose dropped an email floating in space now. We'll get to where it's going eventually, I guess. But I, we're going to send it to the committee, and the committee will look at it, and the committee looks at it, and they're like, well... First of all, if it... What, what power does the committee have? If, if there's 20 people in this committee, do you think... And I hope this doesn't happen this frequently, but do you think they have time to scour hundreds of emails about wrongdoings? Right. It's not really... That's not a real system. I'll tell you what I think it might be, and this is my opinion. I think we need to do what probably... I think the obvious thing that needs to be done is uh, it needs to be ran like a real company. Like if these meat directors want to be a part of the USBA, they need to be employed they need, by the USBA. They need to be employed by the USBA, and it needs to be set up in basically a franchise system. Mm -hmm. That way, you have the same hierarchy in, in every same single franchise reason, region everywhere, mm -hmm. and everybody just needs to be employees. We pay enough for it. Yeah, as lifters. Um, I don't know what the meat directors make. I don't know if they make they make any money, but like if it's there's such a small threshold for, compared to what we're paying already. By the time we pay our dues and pay for the meat, we're in at two hundred dollars. Yeah, like if it goes up to two hundred dollars of meat, 
and things are ran effectively and safely and these things aren't happening and you can get it done. It needs to be ran like a fucking company, dude. Yeah. It does. The same way, like, I'm sure you, you worked at some some really big name places that will remain nameless for the sake of this podcast. But, you know, you worked for big national brands that their HR department works the same in Coleman, Alabama as it does in New York City. Yep. Uh, that it does in fucking halfway around the world and fucking Bangladesh. It doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. Like, you have a, a proven system that works. Um, if we're going to keep fucking around with stuff like this, what we need is a proven system that works, and it just needs to be... Maybe it even just needs to be a publicly traded company so that these things are happening. You know, <laughs> happening in real time, there's a real hierarchy for these things. Yeah. I know that that sounds extreme, but you got to think about the way it's set up already. You know, here in Alabama, we have two main directors that do all these meets. Gary handles things more toward the south because he does Mississippi, South Alabama, Northwest Florida, Southern Georgia. Charlie handles everything, you know, Basically north of Montgomery. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. Those are their two different regions. Like we're already basically the the actual basic infrastructure for a franchise is already there. Like why not just fucking implement it and just say this is the same way? No different than like if you go to McDon- McDonald's, you're gonna if and here at Coleman and get a double cheeseburger. It's the same double cheeseburgers you buy in Los Angeles, California. Right. Like everything down to the you know detail is controlled and all ran in the same way. Yeah. Like what's keeping us from doing that? Especially with the infrastructure basically already fucking there. Probably money. Let's be honest. I mean, it, it probably is money, but like, it's not like, like I said, it's not like you're establishing this from, from scratch. It's like, sure, some of this is unspoken now, mm-hmm. but like, this is kind of the way it's already being handled. Like, so we need to do it this way so that there's a system in place everywhere we go so that me and you have the same experience from judges, from the meat day experience to everything. If we go compete in Texas or if we compete in Honolulu, like everything's the fucking same. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, it, it really made sense. Like if everybody's employed, you got judges who are employed, you know, you schedule them or they schedule themselves for meats. Right. Yep. So it, it would, it seems like, you know, in, instead of just saying, oh, well, I'll volunteer for this meat, you just pull up an app or something or you just send an email and say hey i'd like to schedule myself to work this meet this meet and this meet and they approve it or tonight it, it seems super simple right yeah it does. And i understand that i understand that there would be difficulties in that transition and i'm not i'm not stupid um but like i said there's a natural hierarchy that's already occurred that lends itself to a franchise model yeah it does you know I don't see why. Um, it's something I shit on a lot is CrossFit. They do, for you to qualify for regionals and then ultimately qualify for the CrossFit Games, you compete in the Open. The Open um, has, CrossFit has basically set the same standards for everybody on everything, so squat and depth is the same across the board. Um, rules about pull-ups and stuff, or you know, whatever the exercise may be, there's a standard... Yeah, pull-ups. <laughs> um, there's a standard, though, they judge you based off of there. And then somebody in your gym, preferably a coach, has to go get, every year, has to get certified as a judge. And it's cheap, 10 or $20. Certified as a judge so that they can judge you in the open for you to qualify for that next level of competition. Mm-hmm. 
CrossFit's not nearest. I mean, uh, it's, it's huge. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of actual levels of competition, it's much stiffer and <laughs> there's much stiffer in powerlifting, right? There's less difference between me and you and a professional than there is the average CrossFitter in a professional. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're a little tighter community and we're more likely to go and, you know, uh, overachieve than right. you would in that community. Yeah. If that community can do it with literally millions of people committing, uh, uh, competing worldwide, I'm not sure why we can't do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, um, uh, now I'll say this, those people aren't getting vetted. They're not getting background checked. They're not. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they're just members of your gym and you're lucky if a coach, you know, I would assume most people require their coaches to get certified as judges, uh, for the open, but, uh, you know, there's no background check and stuff like that open, but here you have basically a franchise model. You pay for the CrossFit name mm -hmm. and they're getting standardized rules and standardized procedures in place for the whole globe. Like, surely to God, we can do that powerlifting. In my mind, we're a bigger, better, more powerful sport, right. at least in America. Yeah. Like, why can't, why can't we do that? <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, and, and I know, I, I realize that there's no HR in CrossFit, so it only addresses part of the issue. But it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison. Right. Um, but again, like, we look at other franchise models, and the easiest thing to compete to compare that to is you worked at Jimmy John's, right? right? You managed one. Jimmy John's runs the same here in Alabama as it runs anywhere else in the fucking world. Yeah. Like, you could take your job and work anywhere when yeah. you know that job. Likewise, if an employee comes and complains to you about another employee, you're going to forward that to whatever powers may be, whether it's your boss or an HR department or whatever. Like there was a system in in place for right. you to act within. This is not fucking rocket science. This is something that has been an American staple in business for a hundred years. Like we can do some type of franchise model to standardize literally everything we do. Yeah. Literally, and we are we're talking to Josh about. One of the problems, one of the problems with federations is it's not a united front. Well, this is how you get to that point. Like, yeah, you know, if you establish a gold standard, like everybody has to live to that gold standard. Like, think about what McDonald's has done, and now every major fast food franchise, a major fast food company in the world, operates on the same franchise model, same idea. Whether they're selling fucking fish at Captain D's or pizza at Pizza Hut, everybody is doing this based off the same fucking model like it right. works for fucking everybody it can go a long way in in standardizing powerlifting as a whole even if we do continue to lift under different umbrellas right you, know? you like burger king you know, i like mcdonald's fuck it i mean you know it's still the same and then the idea is still fast food right. Joint, right like you want to lift in the wrpf i want to lift in the usba like same. yeah it may taste a little different but it's the same thing yeah you know I mean? at the end of the day you know what i mean yeah. all right same process, the same everything. It could go a long way for us. And uh, I realize that's expensive and that's big dreams and shit like that. But when the when it's basically already naturally in place, like, like you're probably not going to see, and maybe you do a little bit, but you're probably not going to see a Gary Brewer ran meat in Decatur, Alabama. It's probably going to be Charlie. Right. Or there's already like. Right. It's already. Whether it's unspoken or not, it's already kind of sectioned off based on, hey, you know, I'm sure that there's somebody in Atlanta, Georgia that runs. Greater Atlanta powerlifting meets at large, right? right. Like, now that's a bigger metropolitan area, so I can imagine they probably have two or three of them. Yeah, but like, 
like they're still already like yeah. that's naturally occurring thing. So why not just ask people, hey, like buy into this idea, buy into this franchise. We're going to standardize everything from the ground up. These people, this is your business now. These are your employees. This is how things work. Yeah. Let's roll with it. And then not to mention, man, there's a million people that would love to have a job in powerlifting. Yeah. You're paying somebody minimum wage to spot the load. Fuck, there's a million fucking broccoli-headed teenagers with dangly earrings that just want to be around powerlifting that would come spot the load for you. You know what I mean? For minimum wage. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is what it is. If they can do it. That's it. I've been the victim of that. But yeah. like... um. But again, like we have all those things in place, there's a standard then. So maybe that kid's a little better of a spotter and loader than Twitter. Yeah, maybe volunteer basis. Actively know? taught, like, hey, this is how you, you know. And I realize they do that to some extent. Right. But it's like, not like it's trained in practice. Right. Like you go work at a franchise job, whatever labor you're doing is taught and practiced. Yep. Regularly, over and over, repeated. Like, you know, we we're talking about when you talk about a franchise model. I think that you make the whole thing safer for everybody from the ground up. And uh, I really don't know how it saves itself beyond that. Yeah, I'm not so sure we don't need a whole rebranding and a different name and and everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, honestly, if uh, which the I guess the big problem with rebranding is that these names that are attached to it. And they have to go. If they're, yeah, if they're publicly known, they're going to be like, well, I know what he did over at USPA, but I'm going to follow him over here. Same shit, different day, right? Yeah. Like, they're not going to do that. That's the reason these guys that said that they were stepping down need to step down and get the fuck out and let everybody else run the thing. Yeah. And I was mad. Because here's the thing. If that doesn't happen, USPA is just going to keep spiraling down because nobody's going to want to be associated with them, especially if they keep sending out these emails, backtracking what they're saying and like not actually accomplishing anything. People are just going to step away. Sponsors have already stepped away. There's the, been several. I'm not going to lie to you either. The membership dues in all the federations, I think uh, not, not ridiculous, not necessarily ridiculous, but it's a pain to have to register for me. You pay your $150 to go to the meet or whatever. And then two days before the meet, your shit expires. You're like, oh, these people, you know, a hundred more dollars. Yep. Like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I would rather somebody just charge me 250 for a meet and just. Right. Just have a, a fee for the meet. Just have a fee for the fucking meet. Yeah. Like, we're, let's, let's all live in 2023. Or I don't want to Let's just, just have a fee for the fucking meet. Yeah. You know, I know how that insurance and stuff works. Like, you don't have to have a membership base for your insurance right. for somebody. Like, they're going to sign the waiver where they sign up. Mm -hmm. and you're like, insurance is going to take care of them whether you're charging them $100 extra a year or not. Like, I'd rather, I would legitimately rather see a more expensive meet than have to pay for two or three different things. Right. I agree. Yep. So, I guess that was kind of like what you would rather see from the USPA moving forward is just completely ground up, rebuild, just a franchise model, and just just change it entirely. Just just don't even associate with the old USPA. No, absolutely not. I think the sexual assault fucking serious, dude. And uh, the women and men that have uh, affected by this, uh, no amount of apology or restructuring is going to take that away. Right. You have fucked with that person for life. Yeah, I think I really do think the best the best thing is to distance yourself from the people at fault. Steve Dennison is at fault because he swept a lot of things under the rug. Where whether he wants to call it that or not, um, it's fine with me. But uh, he needs to go. Mike needs to go. These people that they have supposedly already let go need to be let go. Mm -hmm. um, good people like 
people we know, Charlie Lyons and Gary Brewer, those kind of people are the people that need to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and there needs to be some type of model that just guarantees things. Let's see, if you have a model for something like this, especially in a franchise rentals, tried and true that works everywhere, it doesn't even have to get to the president of the USPA for these things to be resolved. Yeah. It doesn't have to go past your your local director mm-hmm. if there's a if there's something in place for it. Yeah. This person is accused of sexual assault or has a history of sexual assault or whatever the discretion may be. Um, send it. Is it all? It's fucking supposed to be. Send it to your meat director. Meat director for a get rid of this shit back. We'll get somebody else in this place. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like it never becomes, it's handled immediately and it never becomes a natural issue. Right. If there's a system in place. Mm-hmm. And they're clear, obviously has not, I guess they never expect it. Either they didn't expect something like this or. Well, no, they didn't, they didn't expect it. But at the same time, you know, according to some of these accusations that, um, that Goob has put up, this has been happening for years. Yep. For years. So like. You think that's pretty fucking damning. And if this would happen for years, they've known about it for years because they've been sent emails yeah, for years. They're just fucking panicking because somebody's brought up a lot. Yeah. And they, listen, like, whether it's for Cloud or not, um, I know he's an influencer, but dude, do the right thing by exposure. Yes. Um, did he throw some people on the bus that, that I don't, I still to this day don't think, I will never think that people, what people did in their past life, if it wasn't sexual assault and whatnot, if it was something completely unrelated, if it wasn't, um, outwardly malicious to another person i don't think they should be punished for things so i think people change but if you're if you've ever done time for domestic violence sexual assault um even be been accused of it you don't have a place in it right and you really don't you know you're accused of it beyond um being able to prove it's falsehood right you know what i mean beyond reasonable but, yeah right? absolutely like if there's no doubt that you're a fucking predator there's no place for you you should you should not be involved in anything in the public, really. In my opinion, like any any aspect of working with the public directly, it shouldn't should be a no go. And just but it should sure should be in, in in a sport that is built supposedly on community. Yeah, because that kind of shit doesn't have any place in any community ever. That's uh, and and there's not a whole lot else to say about that. By and large, the whole thing needs to be fucking blown up. Uh, uh, I am competing in it and. Bug, I guess they could fucking ban me if they want to. Right. But uh, right now, my position is, and not, that's not on a state level. I believe our Alabama directors are great, mm-hmm. but on a national level, fuck the USPA. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I I was, when they first started posting those updates, I was excited. I was like, they're, they're trying to change. They're making changes. Everything's going in the right direction. They apologize for what they did. That's important. And then we got that email. It was like, as soon as I read that email, I kind of just looked at it. I was like, you know what? This is, I, a, bag, this this, is a bunch of shit bags. This this one. It really just soured me on the USPA. I was like, why would you, even if a PR firm said, hey, you should send this, and you look at that. What fucking hoduck fucking PR firm that they hire to make them think that email was a good fucking idea? They probably, it's probably not a PR firm. They probably hired a fucking, there's probably some fucking like, Sports nutrition intern, fucking <laughs> in college. They're like, "Hey, top this email up for us." Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even sure I believe that they hired a professional to send that. Email. You know, and maybe so, because in my opinion, 
if I'm looking at that email from from a business standpoint, I'm looking at that email, I'm thinking. So from a business standpoint, what you got to do is admit fault, admit that you're changing. Yeah. Uh, and and what what you there's a degree of introspection that has to happen in these bad situations that you have to look in, inwardly and say what did I do wrong and what could I have done better. Those are the things you need to admit to the public. Mm-hmm. If it's an instance like Steve Dennison's where you need to step down, you need to say outwardly, "I'm stepping down." You will not receive another email from me. Um, uh, I did as good as I could, but I fucked up, and I'm I'm leaving my bride. Yeah, I'm leaving with my bride, like. Uh, it is beyond my scope to be able to fix this. Uh, I'm going to leave this to better hands. Mm-hmm. So long, good night. Like, and you that's know. what should have happened. Their constant defense of themselves only makes them look worse and worse and worse and worse. The the deflection, not even the defensive. You have a right to be defensive. Right. About it. When you when these act when huge accusations are made, you have a right to be def- defensive. But to carry no. I feel like they just don't have any remorse almost. Mm-hmm. They're more worried about what they look like than they are about the actual results of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. It's it's hard to. to the, the lack of inward reflection and saying, hey, I fucked up. Just, the lack of ownership. That's the word I've been looking for. Yeah. Like if you're an emotionally intelligent person, you should know when to own a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's. And there, I'm not going to lie to you, there are some times, if you're an emotionally intelligent person, you have to know you have to own a mistake that you didn't, maybe you didn't even make. Right. Sometimes you have to take ownership of something just you, to see, say, things get better and things improve. You know, maybe you did something. It wasn't directly your fault that this thing happened, but this thing happened and this person blamed you. Well, you know, it wasn't my fault, but I'm sorry that this thing happened to you. It did happen under my watch. It did. is. So it, you know, I'm sorry, you know, just even, even, you know, maybe not even necessarily apologizing, but just being like aware of it, just being like, yeah, no, this happened, you know, I should have seen it, but I didn't, you know, I would apologize, you know, yeah, just, just no. from my personal, you know, I would just, I'm sorry. Lack of emotional happened. intelligence in general, the lack of, um, the lack of ownership, um, when you're in a position, a position of, of power, sometimes you're served as a turd sandwich, and you just got to put some mustard on it and fucking swallow the thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's he just and, and fucking hasn't done it, dude. And it's, um, you know, it's a shame. Now I, I know that. I mean, hell, you see it. You see this in politics all the time. That's the reason I said I don't. I'm not even sure of the actual. I'm not even sure there was an actual PR firm. Mm-hmm evolve because the first thing if a politician gets in trouble for something like this a staffer or something of theirs is accused of the same things that this these people have been accused of or whatever the first thing they're going to do is get in front of it and say yeah i wasn't aware but this happened on my watch yada 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 yeah this is it may be propaganda but like you're word watching a real pr firm at work i'm just not 100 percent sure i buy into the idea that deflection was the way a professional pr firm told them to go i just don't think that that's a professional move i just can't believe that there was really a public relations firm involved right <laughs> that, and, 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 and i'll be you know, completely right there may be nothing because i just cannot see a professional organization saying blaming on somebody else. right because obviously they aren't already not at this point anyway yeah they had already admitted you know? guilt basically yeah. you know they said hey we're sorry we're gonna change things 
Don't, don't not have that cool. VR, PR firm on the planet that's going to tell you, hey, backpedal. Re- recant on everything yeah. you've already said. You know, I was, I, I, th- I think back to um, Mark Bell. You know, I, I listen to his podcast a lot. He was talking about, I think he had some issues with one of his supplements or something. I think something turned out it had dairy in it or something. He didn't, wasn't supposed to, it wasn't supposed to, it had dairy in it somehow. I can't remember somehow the way that it was made caused it to have a reaction that made it dairy or something. It was something weird. Yeah. Something he was completely unaware. Someone sent it to him. And as soon as he found out, he made sure it was real. And he was like, it's real. He sent out an email said, Hey, you know, all this stuff had dairy in it. That's my bad. We looked into it. We fixed it. And everything that from this point forward before he even sent the email. Yeah. He, he made sure that everything was done correctly and he fixed it. And he said, you know, ownership. Yeah. He he took ownership. You know what you know what ownership does too. A situation like that, it builds trust with people. Yeah, because they said, "Hey, he he took the time to send me an email saying he messed up, and he went and fixed it, and now the next product that I buy from him, I know is not going to have it because he went and he fixed it." Right. That's ownership's incredibly fucking important, dude. And like like I said, you're building trust with people to actively come out and say you're owning something, then actively come out and have a PR firm, but again, I don't think it existed either. I think it's as real as their HR department. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, I just, I just don't think, I just don't think any of that was the truth. Thing, like yeah. I said, and a bit to, to come out and recant ownership is uh, just a bad review. And it's, it's pretty it's, fucking small. Like it just does. You're talking about you're starting to blend. You know, you're starting uh, something that's such an. an and an unethical issue to begin with, you have suddenly made it 10 times more unethical than what it ever could have, you know. I just, man, talk about somebody's digging their own fucking hole. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I listen, I, I hope that none of my ladies have ever experienced anything like this, but, um, you know, I, as a coach, I have to say that I am, if I feel, if you feel like you've been put in a bad situation because of the US, USBA, and that's an organization that I have previously, um, you know, encouraged people to compete, compete in. If you're, if you have, if any of these things have ever happened on my time or on my watch or when you were under my care, uh, I am very, very sorry. And I'll also, I would like to know, because I want to know who in the USBA I can punch in the fucking mouth mm-hmm. uh, to make this right again. Yeah. And, and the unfortunate thing, what people don't understand, I said that. But what people don't understand is when it comes to sexual assault, there is no making it right again. That person's yeah. fucked up forever. Um, but I will say, I, I want to know because I want to know uh, who I can blame, who uh, who can get the fucking shit into the stick. And uh, I have to say that I'm really, really sorry because I didn't fucking, I didn't know yeah. uh, that this stuff was happening in the USBA. Um, ignorance is not an excuse, um, like I said. Uh, but I would just be absolutely heartbroken if I found out something like this happening yeah. to my athletes. It would it would be hard. Uh, and you know, as a coach, it's even harder as a coach because not only have I trusted you with my person, I have also entrusted you with dozens of other people. Mm-hmm. And uh those are people I'm responsible for. I'm responsible for their well being, how they could do on meet day, their meet day experience, stuff like that. And I know a lot of other coaches feel the same way, but uh that's deeply disturbing to me because now I feel like I've put people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. And that, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I mean, even though you did say, uh, you know, maybe ignorance isn't uh, an excuse, but it it, it, can't, it kind of is, right? Because even though this stuff is going on in 2020, it wasn't really that public. People weren't posting it all over. The- I, would, I would like to think that in- my, girls are spe- uh, my girls especially are, uh, I have a really good relationship with all my lifters. Um, we're very honest and open with each other about everything. I'd like to think that my girls specifically would let me know yeah. immediately in the moment. Yeah. Um, but also just because of the nature of sexual assault, man, there's, like I said, this kind of shit gets bottled up. Yeah. You know, uh, things that may have, may have happened that I didn't know about, will never know about, you know what I mean? They're just not willing to talk about. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a gray area that's going to, because of this whole situation, will live in my mind for fucking ever. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that sucks. You know, you know, I, I think back to, you know, and and we we've talked about it a little bit. The SPF, um, when when they did their way, and just just because this is kind of like you know kind of the main area where this is an issue is in the weigh-in area. You know, it was there, and it because it was a SPF meeting. It was a bigger one. It was in a hotel. They just used the public bathroom, right? They put up a scale in the public bathroom. Most powerless meets are into in situations like that's just been in the bathroom, right? So it's it's in a a shared space, but not a public space. So doesn't that make sense? Like, cause anyone could have come into that bathroom at any time. So if something was happening, yeah. somebody could come in yeah. and it was not doing right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to be honest, I, I can't recall ever having gone to any meet that didn't have multiple people in the way in area. Um, well, when I went to the USPA meet, the way in was done and it, this was, this was a Charlie meet. So everything was fine. But it was done, you know, I, there is a room off to the side, you know, so there was the sign up area was right here. There was, uh, uh, Charlie and one of his judges and one of his female judges. And one of them would walk in the, in the side room with you. They'd let you go off. The scale was over here. They were over here. There was a wall dividing you. And that's kind of how it was, but it was a lot more private. You know, and I don't know if that's part of the solution. Maybe a more, I mean, listen, like some people have to get naked to make weight. That's fine. But like, everybody's been in a locker room before. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, maybe a more public or shade shared space, like yeah. you talked about. Yeah. Maybe that is an answer. Yeah. But I'm competing heavy this time. I'm not going to have to take a seat, single article of clothes off to make weight. I was going to jump on the scale. And the only thing I took off was my shoes and my shirt. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and like, and you can you can yeah, easily still make weight because I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand some people have to get down with the underwear and stuff like that, especially probably on national level meets, right? International meets probably more important, you know, because um, you know that stuff's affecting your dots, yeah, stuff like that. These local meets, most of the time, like you're nothing, you know, they never even see your underwear. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it wouldn't be a big deal to have people weigh in a shared space. Yeah, um, in my opinion, yeah. Now, some people, they feel differently, but, you know, if, if somebody has to be there to verify it anyway, would you feel more comfortable doing it with one person verifying it or with a person and people that can walk in or two yeah. people? Yeah. Maybe that's the solution is two people. Maybe. Yeah. Because absolutely. then you've got, you know, two mouths against one, right? So if somebody does something wrong, obviously anything happened, two people can collaborate if they're both corrupt, you know, but... The chances of that slims more because you've got two voices against one. So if somebody tries to do something, and someone's probably not going to try to do something if there's someone else around. Right. So that just makes sense to me. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all, I think it's all slippery. I think, I think there's probably going to be more conversation about this, to be honest with you. I don't think this is an issue that's going to die quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and nor should it, uh, cause like I said, when you, when something egregious, as egregious as sexual assault is, uh, is the issue and isn't, you know, completely 100% in the center of this picture, um, I don't expect it to go away. I think my biggest takeaway from, from it is, um, uh, like I said, just the lack of ownership, stuff like that's disappointing. I will say this, these people that do these local meets, if they're good ones, you're in the state of Alabama and you compete in Gary Brewer or Charlie Lyons meets, I do believe that you're probably going to be well taken care of. Um, I do want people to realize that this is not necessarily, while the USPA has been represented poorly, has been led poorly, um, it's really fucked up um, the situation we're in. Uh, a lot of our local guys are not fucking monsters. Mm-hmm. They're not associated with this. They're not doing anything like this. So I think I, w- I would ask people to reserve judgment about the things that are happening locally unless you know that there's, this is an area, you know what I mean? That has uh, been affected. That has been affected by it, absolutely. If you're looking under a meet, one of these meat directors that have obviously fucked up, uh, by all means, you know, drop the meat, drop the meat, don't fucking support it. Um, but these meat, uh, you know, by and large, these meat directors are people that are volunteering their time. They're doing the best they can to take care of you. They love the sport. Um, I, it's not fair. They're going to make their own decisions about what, what federation they represent moving forward, whether it's the WRPF or the USAPL, or maybe they stay USPA or what have you. Um, if you're in an area that you know, has good people in charge, support them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's that's ultimately what's going to get it, get us through it. And also, don't be afraid to talk talk to them and tell them these situations are going on. Because I guarantee you, any of our either one of the guys that run things here in the state of Alabama, if they know or even think that any of this stuff, if the stuff is happening on their time, I guarantee you they would they'd stop shut it down immediately. Yeah, yeah I believe. And those two men, 100%. I believe in the quality of their character. Um, their wives are involved in this. Um, I believe in their wife's quality of character. Like, um, you know, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to be in a state like Alabama where you have good meat directors, they need your support, 100%. These victims also need your support, 100%. So, uh, I guess the whole problem mean, is... You know, if you're living in an area where, you know, like I said, that... The obvious answer is to f- say fuck the USBA, then I think you should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the good ones follow them wherever they go. You know what I mean? Listen. Yeah. I, I, I guess the only problem is while you are trying to support the good men or and women in the USPA, by supporting them, you're supporting the USPA. Yeah, that's that bad. Yeah. And that's the problem because even though these great people like, you know, Charlie and Gary, they're, they're wonderful. That's, that's the reason I said you need to support them when they go. Yeah, and when or if they go somewhere else, and and it's looking more and more like that may be the case there's, for people. But there's they been just some signs that maybe at least one of our local directors could be moving on to mm-hmm. another federation. Um, uh, which I would, you know, I, you know, I have to say I support them, right, hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. And if that, I'll be honest with you, as a lifter, uh, other than the fact I'm currently registered for USAP, uh, USPA mate. Um, and I'm really doing that. I really am doing that for me when I say that. And hundred percent will tell you that I'm doing it for me. Um, 
I'm not so sure moving forward that I'll be involved in USPS yeah. anymore. Um, as far as my lifters, that'll be handled on an individual basis. Uh, if anybody, man, woman, or child that lifts under me, says they don't, says they don't feel comfortable in the USPA, we are not lifting the USPA. Um, that's just the way it's yeah. you know. But I have to leave it to I have to leave it to the individual to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but me personally, when I'm done with Ron's meet, I don't think that I'll be a part of the USPA any longer. Yeah, and for me, since I'm taking such a long off season, I guess it kind of just it kind of matters less to you. And it matters less in a sense that you know I am a registered USPA member. I have since uh, turned off my auto renew basically. So once my uh, my membership runs out, I've whether I renew or not is going to determine completely on how things develop with them. Um, I I am hopeful that things can get better. I've I've tried to remain hopeful. I'll they, say with with no doubt whatsoever, I will never be back if Steve Dennison re- remains in office. That's that's completely fair, and I can agree with that because it never he involved his his attitude regarding the whole thing has been just completely negative and incorrect the way he's handled everything's being correct he uh, he has proven himself unworthy to be in the position that he is he is no longer a worthy leader yeah to any extent yeah and if if they don't replace him i i agree i don't think i'll i will come back either it's uh yeah it's just a hard thing to take it's hard to take stance on um but agree but like i said for me i just don't think i can do it beyond yeah. that it's already paid it's bought and paid for now right yeah, um, it's it's a few weeks away. It's really hard to they, make such a lateral move. And then, you know, they, they seem to be pretty adamant that they're not going to be given refunds for, right? you know, stuff like that. And that's and that's fine. Uh, I will go meet. I'll go work. I'll go live to that meet, and I will uh, support my coach and the environment and the meet director there and everything else to the best of my ability. Uh, but after that, I'm done. Yeah. Yep. So. so USPA makes some changes. Um, don't get rid of uh steve and mike uh they're trash yeah they're trash um get rid of them put put good men really and i i don't i don't know what what kind of i i don't know how they can change that hierarchy i don't know how they can make that work but they've got to do something there's got to be a group of people that get together and say hey you've got to sit down and we got to interview people or or make decisions for good people yeah, to be in this position, not agreed. Not people that are like you, not people that we think are like you. I don't know how they're going to do it. They, they've got that's not that's not my problem anymore. Yeah, I've made my stats. And that's pretty fucking clear. Um, I'm not going to be a part of them until it's completely redone and those two men are out. Yeah, yeah, and everybody else involved is out. Yeah, um, they say that they're out, but this Steve guy keeps coming back. Yeah, we, we you know it's all been you know. So it's been back and forth the whole time. So until you know everybody involves out, um, I I don't want to fucking do it anymore. I'm an out. I'm not gonna send that message to my athletes. Yeah, um, that's a bad bad message to send. Um, I'm gonna do what I have to now. Um, I have one competing with me that day. Um, other than Austin, and I guarantee you she won't won't be bad. It. Yeah. yeah. So, um, as far as I know, she is competing that day, but it'll it'll be her last. Yeah. And then we'll just uh, we'll just find another another federation. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll get some. Hell, I'm pretty average. I might just go back to SPF. Go back to Freedom Units and 
uncalibrated plates. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's still powerlifting federation. You can still have fun. You can still drink some whiskey before your deadlifts. Yep, yep, it is what it is. <laughs> um, we gotta wrap it up. Uh, dad jokes. Dad jokes. Uh, I saw one that I really, really liked, and let's see if I can. Find it. I may have shared it on my story too. But I remember seeing it, and I was like, I got to save that one for the podcast. But I didn't save it. Let's see. One day we'll... we'll I got one. You ready? You can go ahead, yeah. Uh, why did seagulls fly over the sea? Why do they fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> that's, that's really just terrible. Oh, no. Oh, this one's good. So my wife traumatically ripped the blankets off me last night, but I will recover. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I used to know a guy that collected candy canes. They were all in mint condition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to credit Pam Leslie for that. Um, she said she says me dad jokes all the time. It was pretty damn good. So I've, I've decided not to renew my prescription glasses. I've seen enough. <laughs> you did it. It's pretty nanny good. Yeah. But they, they were on fire for a, for a while. They posted nothing but just uh, bangers. <laughs> Dad says jokes on Instagram. Y'all to look it up. Last one because I like it. I don't know if I don't know if I said this one on the podcast before or not. No, I haven't because four days unless they. Repost the same one, which they might. Uh, but what happens if someone slaps you at a high frequency? Oh, that it hurts. <laughs> All right, Dad says jokes. Go follow him. All right, I guess that wraps it up. We, uh, yeah, you know, make make your own decisions about this. We don't want to influence decisions necessarily. We do want to provide some information, some opinions, some facts that yeah, you absolutely. can determine your own opinion on. Well, you can say what you want to about this influencer that's exposed all this, uh, about it being clickbait, what what have you. Um, he has come with facts with everything, uh, and those facts are they're honestly damning, mm-hmm. um, and they have definitely changed my opinion of the whole organization. So, yeah. um, make the decision on your own because um, we're not here to politic one way or the other. No. Right? But uh, that's definitely how it's affected us. We definitely have our stance on it. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, too, if you're a victim of sexual assault, any type of physical abuse, even mental abuse, in powerlifting or otherwise, uh, tell somebody, mm. whether you're a man, woman, or a child, because uh, that's how things change. That's how those people get uh, get put away. That's uh, that's how, you know, that gets better. And, and honestly, what doesn't get stated enough is if you're willing to do that, then you could save somebody else from the same fate. Yep. So... Please talk about it. Uh, I would say that uh, our stance is not necessarily against the USPA as an organization, but it is a stance against the leadership, for sure. Hashtag Dick Diddlin. Directors. Directors. It's got to go. It's pretty rough, but that is our shout. We, we need to get rid of them. And the and and the bad leadership, but primarily we need to get rid of Dick Dillon directors. Yeah, absolutely. 
At the end of the lighthearted, it was a heavy episode, though. Yeah. And like I said, make sure if you're, you're the victim of any of those like this, you you tell powers the base or something can be done. And there are resources that you can reach out to. Um, there's always, I'm, I'm, I can't recall any, like, we should have lit. Some. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it. What tell you what? Um, Let's just, because uh, isn't there a domestic abuse hotline? I'm 100% sure there is. There's probably yeah. sexual abuse hotlines. So um, yeah. we can we can link them. Uh, we won't have to talk about that. We will link you guys help. Um, I'm sure they all have social media pages. Um, we will find you guys some help and we will link them. And uh, I'll be honest, if this has happened inside the USPA or any powerlifting organization, whether you think it's getting swept under the rug or not, you send them an email. You let them know that this stuff's happened. Make these assholes aware that uh, it's affecting a lot more people than just what's come to light. And you know that also send it if if you don't feel like they're doing anything send it to you know these people that can bring it to light or okay. people listen alabama's a small community send it to one of your fucking coaches yeah you can send it to me whoever coaches you can say alabama it's a small fucking network there's probably you know a dozen of us that really have a name for ourselves here in this sport in terms of coaching uh and all of us are pretty connected to somebody important yeah. in the sport um if you don't want to send it to them, send it to us. Yeah. Then it send it to anybody who who it will will bring it to light. Anyone who will talk to somebody else about it, because that's how it gets really open. As if a lot of people know about it, and that and that may feel embarrassing at first, but the more people that know about it, the more likelihood something is going. And you are, and that, in this regard, you are you're not being a coward by turning somebody in. You're being a hero because you are potentially saving somebody else from the same situation. Exactly. All right. So. I guess that's it for this episode. Yeah, that's it. Um, Y'all be good. We don't really have a a topic planned for next week, but we'll be sure to get you guys something good. Yeah, we're talking about shorter formats, so we might do, I think, uh, maybe maybe, uh, squat bench deadlift cues. Maybe we have a quarter of the accessory work one. Yeah, Yeah, we can Uh, do some. Next one should be 45 minutes to an hour, probably. Yeah, we'll we'll probably probably do some short ones. If you guys like short form uh, formats, whatever. I was trying to think. Yeah, we'd like to hear your ideas on your formats too. Yeah, if if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, so DM the uh, Sip and Rip It page on Instagram, uh, TikTok, whatever. Just say, hey, it'd be cool if you talk about this. We'll look at it and probably talk about it. If it's, yeah, if it's something, um, obviously. We'd be interested uh, in Q&As too. Yeah, yep. if you guys have questions, send us questions. We can... Uh, we can probably do something. We can make a little. Uh, uh, we can do Instagram polls or something. Yeah, we can do an Instagram poll and say, or an Instagram post and just say, hey, DM, DM us your questions that you have for us and we'll answer them. Uh, and if we get enough, we'll make a whole episode. And if we don't, we can just make it a small segment on something. Sounds good. Uh, so those are our plans. Uh, hopefully, we we didn't say this at the start. We got two microphones now. So hopefully, that sounded a lot better. Uh, this time that yep. it has we're we're gonna talk about bumper music because that's driving me nuts. <laughs> what? Wes Harris, so this bumper music. Hey, hey, cuz, hey, cuz, he ripped. He'll do some heavy shit. Hey, is it gonna be good? Honest God, I bet he's got something in his back pocket. Hey, you could just send me tomorrow. <laughs> probably, I actually reached out to. Yeah, because uh, we're probably gonna lock everything he does. To be yeah, you, but yeah. maybe bumper music coming, all that stuff. But anyway, y'all listen to this one. Share it. Like it, whatever the fuck you can do, uh, and help us out a little bit. But we we have uh, a bunch of links uh, in the podcast show notes, including a donation 
Yeah, don't want to, we take donations. We 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 can totally take a couple bucks and put it to better quality stuff. Uh, better quality liquor. <laughs> it is the same. <laughs> and te- technically, that would be better. Quality. Hey, I will say this too: if anybody has any, uh, Jeff, especially dude. especially bourbon that we should try. Hey, yeah. You know, send those suggestions all over. Send us recommendations on liquor and drinks. Maybe maybe something not disgusting. Don't send us a recommendation for a maybe, bird mixed with some bird. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should let them submit their own PR songs. That'd be cool. Maybe be cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I just want y'all outspoken right now. Nobody's getting the country music put on this goddamn playlist. <laughs> what about R and B? What if they? Got- uh, I don't care about that. We just waiting to do country music. <laughs> the only person that had a pass on country music was uh, was Austin Blair and Joe Lane, <laughs> and he refused to say it, so I didn't make that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He did, not, he did not add it. I guess it's not really a PR song for him. Maybe not. Zach's out. All right. We'll see you guys next time.